So I hear you're shitting good today, buddy. Oh, man, like a crippled coon. Hell yeah. What's the count at? I sit over the screen door and not touch a wire. Yeah, that's always not fun. Now, we are, is it like a slip and slide or are we getting some full consistent bowel movements here? No, that's a slip and slide. Didn't you hear him? He could shit through a screen door and not touch it. I didn't hear that. Oh, god dang. Oh, yeah, Kylie's been homesick the last two days, too. Oh, Lord. It's going around. Well, her sugar got real high at work yesterday. Mm. No good there, sir. No good there. So she come home from work. I'm just glad they're understanding about that. Oh, they told her to go home. Okay, good. But uh, he's also going to let her work tomorrow to make up the day. And then, uh, you know, next week we'll have our trip at the end of the week. So he's going to let her work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Of course, they're closed Thursday and we'll leave Friday. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's what she said, too. That she goes, I can't quit pooping. They had a turd come out. And she came here earlier before I, she went to work and said that uh, tomorrow they're maxing out in squads. I said, you might want to take another day. <laughs> yeah, that would not be good right there. God, baby. No, because I believe I just have to just, if, you know, you squat and then squirt, you ain't never going to live that one down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could say she was shitting and getting. Yeah, shitting and getting it. <laughs> hey, the top flight kid's back. Do what? The accident for our own top flight kid's back tonight. How dare you? Oh, yeah, they said, uh, I think he did a dark taping the other day. Did he? I think that's what they were saying on Russell Talk as he was back. Yeah, they're in the six, man. I forgot who they were with or who they were against. I just seen him and kind of popped because I think he's the better wrestler. Yeah. I can see that, yep. Yeah, well, after the success from last week with me ba being back on the podcast, uh, we discovered that I'm a draw, guys. Yeah, you uh. Not quite doubled what we'd been getting, but getting close to it. We almost had 30 listens so far. Oh, yeah. And I've not listened back yet. That's how far behind I am on podcast. Oh, bro, I'm so behind and it's just going to get worse. Well, we know somebody from Impact listens to us because they stole our fucking idea. Well, everybody's stealing their ideas. Yeah. And where's our goddamn check? Speaking of Impact, they released the... Uh, Work in progress images of their first four figures for their new line that's coming out. Really? Nice. Yes, uh, Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo, Moose, and Eddie Edwards. Nice. I'm just excited to take out figures again because that TNA line was badass back in the day. Dude, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I was a bigger fan of the Marvel Toy Biz line, the first one they had, than I was when Jax took over the line. The good thing about Jags taking over the line, if you know, if you were playing with action figures then, they were the same size as the Mattel figures that WWE had switched to. But right. it's, it's just something about those old school, you know, the Jeff Jarrett that come to the NWA world title, America's Most Wanted with the world tag titles. There was just something about those 
those figures that were badass to me. Now, there's two types of figures I'd always look for when I was a kid that I wanted to get. Those rock hard that you could kill somebody with that really didn't move a whole lot. Whoa. And then the more flexible, stretchy ones that... Whoa. <laughs> Shut up. That you could actually do moves with and actually... <coughs> we have a we call that a Wajina. No, Wajina. <laughs> the so, flexible... The, or, or the Wajinas. Yes. So, just to recap, we just found out that Josh likes some hard... He likes the hard rubber ones. He likes the hard rubber ones and the loose stretchy ones. Just like his penis and asshole. What's up, fuckers? I'm full. Not really. I'm so full hungry. of shit. That's for sure. I'm hungry still. I'm not. <laughs> well, no. When you turn it on like a goddamn faucet, you're not gonna be. It's like a dump truck like on a, a bank. Like Josh said a chocolate fountain. Ben said a dump truck. So we got two different scenarios there. Chocolate fountain over dump truck. <coughs> Sorry if y'all uh, hear me texting on the other end. We're doing last minute uh, verifications and idea decisions on the big show coming up this Saturday. Oh, what show would that be, Benjamin? That would be the first annual, and yes, annual means yearly, Drew Game Memorial Tag Team Tournament. I went today and... Uh, got the trophy secured, and she actually sent me some designs back later in the day that were actually pretty badass and blew my mind on what they could do that I didn't know they were able to do shit like that. Uh, I sent it to Jason. Uh, I don't know if he showed you, Josh, but... No, he did not show uh, me. I hadn't had Willie a chance to. I will show him. Willie will send it to you or show you uh, when we take a break or something. Uh, but looking forward to that, and this all happens at the Tabernacle of Southern Wrestling, the RCW Arena, this Saturday night at 8 p.m. Uh, eight of the best tag teams around. Uh, everybody has been handpicked because Drew meant something to them, and they meant something to him. Uh, also, uh, the four winners will... Go to the main event for a four-way elimination match. It's not a fatal four-way. It will be elimination. Uh, winning team will get the first uh, trophy for the Drew Cup and some individual trophies that we are working on. Uh, we'll talk about off-air to see if you were able to do anything with that, Jason. All right. And... Unless the prophecy wins, the winning team will also get an RCW tag team title shot in the future. <clears throat> well, I'm going to put money on the prophecy not winning because I'm in this tournament and I plan to win the sumbitch. And not only that, but we also have 
RCW heavyweight title matches. Scat Daddy Alex Michaels. <laughs> Scat defends Daddy. the RCW championship against Never Die, Zachariah Die. And we will have a Drew Game style first blood match, which means most first blood matches you have to bust your opponent on, and that's how you win. This one you have to bust your opponent open with blood and still get the pinfall as Jake Murphy will defend the RCW No Limits title finally against uh, the man he screwed out of it a few times, Chris Payne. That's going to be a banger. Oh, they're just going to beat the shit out of that each other. You ain't even got to worry about bangers. Yeah, banger banging the fuck out of each other's heads. Whoa. Out of each other's heads. Sounds like a Friday night with Josh and Will alone. Oh, <laughs> uh, Zanga. My throat hurts. Hey. The end result of a Friday night with Josh and Will alone. <laughs> Ow. Put coffee in me. Quit, lo quit lobbing them softballs and I'll quit hitting home runs. Oh. Buddy, ain't nothing but, soft about these balls I got, so I ain't lobbing them up to you, homie. But that will, uh, that will all go down Saturday, and we'll go over it again at the end of the show. Hola. They are not a sponsor. Quit putting the product over. What? He pulled out some cough drops and did the uh, <coughs> the little slogan for them. I said, they are not a sponsor. Quit putting them well, over. That, that, that slogan, you must have got more than a dollar raise at work to buy them expensive bitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he saw Claudio on TV, so he thought he'd, you know, talk about the bomb. Oh, I'm still here eating off that big ass pack I brought over Saturday. Damn. Thanks. Hell yeah. Shit was good as hell. Uh man. Saturday was great. We'll oh, we'll go over the actual so paper in results, but Friendsgiving was a huge success. Uh everybody made it. Every actually the people we were expecting not to make it on time actually made it on time yes. with the ham. And luckily we had another ham just in case. <laughs> but uh my girl Jason made me uh kraut salad. Uh, if you've never had it, it is amazing. I never had it until like uh, about 10 years ago, right at the end of us living together. And he and I sit there and ate like a whole big-ass Tupperware container with two forces going at it. We had good food, good friends, great wrestling. <clears throat> really and it's damn good football the rest of the night, too. Hell, yeah. And we just hung out till like 2 o'clock in the morning. We didn't leave till like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I was going to leave uh, at like midnight-ish, uh, you know, about the same time I usually do. Then a surprise visit, Chris Crunk showed up to come hang out with us. So we all hung out for a couple more hours. Good visit. Absolutely. Yeah, it was just a hell of a time, man. Y'all left it too. I went in there and laid down. Hell, I passed out before you even made it out of the driveway, I think. Well, I did get ambushed trying to leave. Right. <laughs> I'm just glad they didn't hit Crunk's car. They'd have killed it. No, no doubt. Oh, God. Like a, a go-kart with a body kit on it. <laughs> it. It has done some loops for that boy, man, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, hey, it was good. Looking just forward to, to just it. Just to, uh, to let you know what Ben's talking about, as soon as he walked out, a whole gang of fucking groupies ran from the road trying to get to him. Damn Rizzies. Oh my god, man, we want your autograph. We love you. 
They wasn't one autograph, kid. One of them was a bitch, I'll say that. <laughs> Ignorant motherfuckers. And that's just the owner that let them out before the cars that were leaving were gone. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, as Crunk and I are leaving, Josh and Will get home and Josh opens the door and lets his dogs out before we've got out of the driveway and his dogs commit a suicide mission by running full force head first into Kylie's car. Kamikaze, that son bitch. Yeah, luckily I'd seen him coming was at a rolling stop, basically, but I probably wasn't even going five miles an hour, but uh they didn't you know, still made still made a pretty good noise and I don't know the difference in them fuckers and one of them run off. Because y'all know I like Knox and just now started liking Bella, so right. I don't like animals quick. Yeah, it, t- it, takes, it takes She more. heard you say her name. She perked her head up and looked at me for a second. Bella did. Yeah. <laughs> but uh seemed to be okay. Uh, no damage to the car. I told Josh to tell him that Tim motherfucker's got to wash my car now because it's got paw prints on it. <laughs> <coughs> so got that home and then... Uh, Really, man, I ain't done a whole lot since then. Just uh, enjoyed the weekend, uh, Sunday, watching some foosball. Uh, didn't enjoy football Monday night because we got fucked. Yeah, that surprised the shit out of me. Well, I'm not going to be the typical Philly fan and say the referees cost us the game. They did cost us three huge penalties that were momentum changers in the game. Yeah, I saw the face mask that caused the fumble. The face mask and then the late hit when homeboy was still inbounds. Ah. And then uh, Goddard was down on one that they called. But, you know, unfortunately Goddard's out for a while, but we just signed a new offensive tackle. Uh, they're still 8-1, and, and that's still a better record than the Cowboys, so that's all that fucking matters. Yeah, I'm totally good with but, that. But you can't play sloppy football, turn the ball over three times, and expect to win a football game in the NFL. I don't care what team you are or what records you have. Those 32 teams are comprised of the best of the best to come out of college football, and that's you know that's FBS and FCS, so... Well, I'm say, hundreds and hundreds of schools. Isn't so. the only perfect season in NFL the 72 Dolphins, ain't it? Yeah. It'll never be topped again. What was it, 17 now? No, it was, uh, it was I think 16 and 0 was the final. With a ball, it was 16 and 0. Yeah, because they were it was a 14 game regular season, then they just right. played, they played the, the championship, championship game in the Super Bowl. Gotcha. But I don't think it'll ever be done again. I think it's too hard. And I think at that point, when you get to 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 0, do you risk playing your starters the whole game? Because you know you've already you've already committed, you've already won playoff, you've probably already clinched home field. Is it worth it at that point? I mean, it's not college where you have to win with style points. <clears throat> Which brings me to another point. How about Tennessee getting criticized for that touchdown? But go back and look at the Ohio State versus uh, Kent State score. Right. What happened? Tennessee threw for a touchdown after calling a timeout with, like, limited time in the game. Their second strings in against uh, what? They play Missouri starters. They hit a big bomb down to, like, the three-yard line. Uh-huh. Called and, a timeout. And instead of just taking a knee down in the ball, it was they like – they ran the ball. I mean, handoff, run. I mean, just 
basically like a kneel down. All you got to do is stop him. And they didn't stop the running back. He got in and scored. Now everybody in Missouri and a whole bunch of people are just shitting all over Tennessee saying they shouldn't have done that. Oh, God. <coughs> Get the fuck over it. Doesn't matter if there's 15 minutes but, left in the game or one but, second. If there's an opportunity. But Ohio State beat Kent State like 77 to 10. Right. And most of their points were in the first and fourth quarters. So, yeah. Once they pump it up to 12 teams, then I think it'll be a fair competition right now. Because it's not fair right now. It's really not. Right. Because uh, look at it like Oregon lost. So now if USC wins their division, TCU wins their division, Ohio State or Michigan, whoever wins their division, and Georgia's winning the SEC, that's your four teams. Yep. Period. Whether it's a one-loss Ohio State or a one-loss Michigan or a one-loss – it is a one-loss USC at this point. That is your conference champions. That's who you have to put in <laughs> by definition of what this setup was. Yeah, it's supposed to be the four best teams, whoever they are. But, say, Michigan beats Ohio State but loses the Big Ten Championship. Then right. you've got two one-loss teams. You know, four teams is not enough. No, it really isn't. And like, you know, last year, Alabama beats Georgia by 17 in the SEC championship. Georgia beats Alabama by 15 in the national championship. That, that's one and one. That should be a that should be a, another think, game played. I think in a perfect world, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it, for a good playoff, I think your four conference champions – Two runner-ups and then two do- two wild cards. So eight. Well, if, you're, if you're going twelve, I think everybody has to have a conference championship. So you would have your Power Five, then your Group of Five. So if the Group of Five all had one, there's your ten conference champions. Then you have two outright bids. Because, honestly, if you're not going to incorporate the group of five, they need to go back to FCS. Right. <laughs> but that's how I would do it. If you're going to have your power five and then your other, your group of five, that's ten conferences. Everyone has to have a conference championship, no matter if they do divisions or if they just take the top two teams. Ideally, if you want the best team in college football to win – your championship and to go for the national championship, you take the team of the two best records in your division. They play for the national champ or the conference championship. Winner gets an automatic in, and then you take the losers of those conference championships and pick your best two by everything, by strength of schedule, by uh, style points, by everything. Agreed. And that's how you go off the rails. <clears throat> or or you just adopt a NFL style playoff. <clears throat> that could be good. Yeah, the six. Got your playoff, got your wild card. Uh, the six yeah, best division. Yeah, you had your, your three conference champions. You know, best record gets a bye. 
and then you uh, do your wild cards. But you know, like I said, that's they said it's a perfect world. I thought the BCS was a a fair representation of crowning a national champion. Yeah, that's like I said. If you want to do a playoff, you do the BCS to get it. You don't have it, right? You know who could be because the human factor is always going to have bias, no matter what it is. Yeah, because you're letting ADAs and coaches vote, right? You know, or not ADAs. That's a sorry. I just got done watching this for you. It's just you got the district attorneys. You're going to have ADs. ADs. They're going to pull for their team in their conference, right? But, eh, in a perfect world, <coughs> I would do the 12 teams, conference champions, they're in. If you don't want to do your group of five, I'll have conferences, then they're your playing team. But also with that said, if you're like in Notre Dame and you don't play for a conference. You're not in. You're, you're ineligible to ever compete for the national title. But then at that point, why would anybody go to college there? Right. And, you know, because all their other sports are ACC uh, sports. Wow. Basketball, I play ACC schedule. Men and women's baseball, it's an ACC schedule. That pandemic so, year, they played an ACC schedule. Right, so why is it any different at this point? You know what Agreed. I mean? All right, where are we going to start at? I guess if you'll give me a second, I will pull up and see if I can find some nerves, unless you've got any already. I've got some already. <coughs> Josh said he had a couple of things in news he wanted to talk about, so we'll let him pull those up real quick. Well, I'll go ahead and start off by... The announcement that was made last night on NXT about the new match type that they have. It is called the Iron Survivor Challenge. And and I'm going to explain it to you. <clears throat> Here's the easiest way to explain it. It's King of the Mountain without the ladder and the belt. Pretty much. So basically, it's there's going to be two matches. One for the men, one for the women. Two superstars start. Every five minutes, another wrestler enters until all five are in. The goal is to have the most pinfalls by the end of the 25 minutes. One point if you win a fall. If you lose, you go into the penalty box for 90 seconds. person who gets the most falls is the number one contender for the NXT and NXT Women's Championships. Now, it's kind of it's kind of nifty, but the only thing I feel like could be an issue is that last person that enters... Yeah, they might be fresh and they might be able to get pinfalls easily, but if it's like seven falls and they've got to try to get seven falls to catch up to make it look somewhat decent, does that bury, not bury, but does that, does that kind of make shit kind of look messed up because they're having to rush to get pinfalls or submissions or DQs? They, they, they won't do that many falls. Right, yeah. I don't like the concept of the match. It's too convoluted. Yeah, especially for this, yeah. for, this for the modern wrestling fans. I booked a golden opportunity match. And while it went over that, was that? To put together. <coughs> Sorry, I'm dying. You know, it, it was rough to put together. Yeah, it took a minute to. Took a minute to get everybody on the same page in that one. Right. 
<clears throat> now this it sounds uh it's like an Iron Man scramble match mixed with the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the idea. Uh, here's something I want to talk about because I've been animate about the burial of him, but I'm interested in the rebuild of him. Ethan Page. Theory. Theory. Yes, Dude, that promo that was badass. Killed <laughs> everything of Austin Theory. That Vince had built the selfie, the money in the bank. But to me, what they did with him on Monday is now his redemption door. Oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> He's got an edge to him. It's, it's more like the theory that was in uh, progress. Shit. Uh, not Evolve. MLW. Shit. Uh, Evolve. Evolve or progress. Evolve or progress. I'm excited to to see where that goes because kids money. Yeah, no doubt. doubt. Um, And I think it was one of those, you know, end result, it was a wasted opportunity with the briefcase because they were never going to put it, you know, put Roman under right now. (laughs) Exactly. Right. I mean, anybody who won that was screwed. Yeah. I do like, though, how, you know, we've talked before about, um, the U.S. title and Intercontinental title being promoted to brand-specific main titles. Yes. I'm all about that. But I think with the depth of the roster, they could use another title on each show for the men. You know, whether you did like a European or a television or something. Well, there's that uh, rumor we had a while back that they was supposed to be supposedly bringing back the European. Well, yeah, that's supposed to be for Indo- or WWE Europe, though. Oh, okay, for, I gotcha. But I wouldn't be opposed to having, you know, make that your main belt. Like, you know, in Mid-Atlantic, the main title was the United States title. Right. You know, you had the Mid-Atlantic title, but it was under the U.S. title. Uh, you had the Missouri title in St. Louis and Kansas <laughs> that was mainly the stepping stone of the world title back then. So and that, that, was the, that all depends too, though, what they're going to do with the world title. Are they going to keep them together? I like the concept of them being together, and when the world champions on TV, it's a big deal. You know, that's that's what I grew up on. You know, you'd see Flair on TV, but you very seldom seen him wrestle. <coughs> right. You know, when he did wrestle, it was very seldom you ever seen wrestle live in the studio. If you've seen a flare match, it was a cut in from, a, you know, an arena show somewhere. So if they're going to keep the, the titles unified, then I would say they don't go crazy and have a title for everybody like AEW does. But with the depth of the roster and the <laughs> five hours of TV time, they could add a single title, you know, for your your underneath guys, your mid card guys. A raw make the U.S. title the world title. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, or they could just you know, be same thing. You know, have a, a you know an up and coming belt, and then you've got the Intercontinental title. Good run with that, then that builds you up for whoever the you know the world champ is at that point. 
I could see them do something like that. I mean, they probably should. Or I know they tried to do it at, to a certain extent, do a Raw title and a SmackDown title, and Roman's title be the universal title and just have one belt instead of the two. Well, when you went back, if you go back to... The, I think the only time the two titles ever worked were the initial brand split when they did keep everything separated and they did run brand specific pay-per-views right. and you didn't have crossover until they just got lazy with the booking. Speaking of which, the lazy booking shirt comes out Saturday. Nice. Anybody nice. looking for ideas for Christmas gifts, I wear a 4X <laughs> at jimfornet.com lazy booking. <laughs> Uh, apparently A.R. Fox has been doing a lot of dark and evolution and Tony Khan is praising him so I probably won't be long till we see A.R. Fox on TV well he's, he's got on him tonight he's on tonight he's teaming up with Top Flight he's teaming with, yeah that's who's teaming with Top Flight yeah that's who it was that Darius tagged up with on Dark that I heard about the <laughs> other night okay I love the stuff uh, he did in Lucha Underground the same night Dante worked Brian Cage Okay. <coughs> uh, also, this is a good news to report. Jake Roberts is no longer having to use the oxygen tank and is headed back to AEW. Yep. I had nice. that. That was one of the news I had. I was about to say that, but yes, yeah, so happy for him. Can't wait to see him back on the TV. Uh, unfortunately, boys, we're not going to get Kansas playing on AEW TV. Oh. The Young Bucks abandoned the trademark Aww. for Wayward Sons. Rumor is the the three of them, the Bucks and Kenny, uh, re-debut Saturday night at uh, Full Gear, which I assume we're still watching Sunday. Is that correct? C. Seek. Did you say C or Sika? Yes. Sika. <laughs> Sika. I'm not, I'm not driving to Pensacola to watch that motherfucker. Alpha. <laughs> that would be an Alpha idea. Uh-huh. I'm gonna be off of that night and not watch wrestling then. <laughs> <laughs> here's uh here's some news right here. Tell me what y'all think about this. Sasha Banks' company known as Soulnado Inc., which was created in August of this year. <coughs> Captain Insano. Captain Insano. Sorry. So- I'm ahead of y'all, but the acclaimed are interviewing Captain Insano. Oh goddamn. Nice. But uh, Sasha Banks filed for the following trademarks. Mercedes Monet, Monet Talks, Bank Monet, and Statement Maker. Now, according to WrestleTalk, it, was, it wasn't for specifically wrestling. It was for clothing, hoodies, jewelry, stuff like that. So, is she opening her home clothing line? Or is she also can using that for maybe outside of WWE? Is she coming back to WWE? We don't know what the hell's going on with them two. Well, on top of that, there's a flyer release for a Comic-Con next year. And it's advertising her as Mercedes, whatever you said her last name was. Yeah. It says, formerly known as <coughs> WWE star Sasha Banks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like she's done with the company. Yeah. And with the, the end she's got with uh, Disney after doing the Mandalorian and all this other stuff, she, she can pretty much pick her, pick her, pick what she wants. Right. She controls it. Like I said, long term wrestling careers aren't for everybody. Right. Right. 
Uh, also, the bunny's not cleared tonight. She's uh, being replaced against in her match against Tony Storm. Rick Flair said the locker room would riot if they were able to book CM Punk versus Stone Cold for Mania. <coughs> Yeah, that would be that'd be something. That would be that would be bigger to me than uh, Hogan. It would be a better match than Hogan Rock. It'd be a bigger match than Hogan Rock. I think it would too. What? Punk Austin. Oh yeah, I agree. Twenty twenty two has been fucking crazy. Uh Blake Christian has been in talks with Triple H about returning. Nice. Awesome. Hell yeah. Let's see. Does any of anything else catches my apparently we <coughs> go about that uh toy shop fucking Kevin Nash over on his booking canceling last minute. That's probably been a month or two ago. Uh apparently they did the same thing with Cardona. Oh. Oh Let's see. Luchasaurus is injured. Ah, oh, shit. wonder what that's going to do to the match. I'm not Saturday. sure. Damn it, Jungle Boy can't get a full match out. God dang. He can't finish a damn feud. See, that's what happened. Jungle Boy yeah. just fucks everybody up. <laughs> Abaddon is injured as well. Jungle Man now. Andy Orton apparently underwent surgery recently. Yep, saw the picture. So I don't know if that was finally his back surgery or something else, but he'll look like he'll be back for a, a while. So if y'all paid attention to Jared Fromo last week, he shit on Braun Strowman. Yes. Yeah. On his podcast Tuesday, he kind of goes into detail about what happened. Uh... All he knew was that Braun had a history of showing up late. Didn't know he had a history of showing up late. He had just seen all the shit he was talking about the flippy flop wrestlers. So he cut a shoot promo on him. Because if you'll think back, the X Division essentially is what made TNA in the early days. Right. And you can say it was about no limits. But until Joe got there, it was all small, flippy guys. It was the flippy, floppy guys. You're right. Right. So he took that. Uh, he took that personally, and then he shot. He goes, "He's not a monster. He's like six eight, three hundred forty pounds, and you know, Sotnam is a legit monster. You know, he's a legit one in a million. So he was using another guy that's called a monster to put his monster over. So I don't know that I see anything wrong with that." No. No, not at all. In the Banana No Circus, you know, uh, he laughed at it when he goes, that's something that I would say to Hunter's face and we'd both laugh about it. And I can see them probably doing that. Like I said, Jeff, I don't think, got fired because they have heat. I just think Jeff got fired because, kind of like Cardone, he's got a lot of outside interest. And Brian needed a job. Right. See, that's why a lot of people are saying that <coughs> he said that is because there's heat because when he got fired, Brian got the job. 
And he and Brian are still best friends to this day, if you listen to both of their podcasts. Right. So I don't see there's any heat. I just think Triple H wanted his guys with the same mindset. And if you'll go back, if you've ever listened to any Jared's podcast, you know, he was a, actually an unofficial member of the clique back in the 90s. Right. You know, he rode with all those guys. Uh, even in WCW, he still rode with all those guys. I just think it was one of those things to where, you know, maybe he knew he was getting this offer from AEW. I don't know, but he's like part owner of a fucking baseball team. He's got his podcast. He's got all these other outside adventures he does. I mean, he's dumped that bitch in the crowd. <laughs> so there, there's no heat. I, I firmly believe that. So uh, apparently Conan's, gut feeling is that they'll see Punk in the WWE before it's over. That uh, he proved to still be a draw. Yep. With the way his merchandise sold, his figures are still selling, uh, his merch is still available as selling, and the houses he drew. Right. Uh, you know, he actually said, they've not had that house without Punk. <laughs> and I don't know that they get that house again, to be honest with you. And it would be different if it was one time. You know, if it was the first dance in Chicago, everybody's there to see him, and then the, the second, the first pay-per-view, <coughs> it would be different. But it wasn't. It was subsequent pay-per-views after the first pay-per-view. Yep. Well, he delivered at that first pay-per-view. He didn't, you know, right. shit the bad. And he, he wrestled a young guy. He didn't bury the guy. He gave Darby a lot of the match. Had he shit the bed or came in and just been like, okay, three-minute match, you get no offense, then I think shit would have changed. Right. I agree. Uh, we were happy this, with this decision, but apparently a lot of fans are not happy with the new NWA World's Heavyweight Champion being Tyrus for whatever reason. Okay, uh, see, I, I actually read a little bit about this. What? I actually read a little bit about this. Well, we were talking Saturday, and Josh had brought up the allegations against him, and you know, we said we had never heard of them. Well, I looked them up. Apparently, a woman that worked at Fox News sued him for sexual harassment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She ended up, all of a sudden, the phone that had all the evidence on it, she lost the phone and dropped the charges. So, to me, that looks kind of sketchy as fuck. <laughs> right. That's what I was going to say. You know, like, if I'm sexually harassed, I'm saving everything, and I'm suing Will. <laughs> <coughs> but to, for her to, you know, say now that she's lost the phone and drop it, okay, to me, that's probably somebody that he fucked and didn't fuck her no more. Right. It was, uh, okay, I'm going to show you. Or he fucked somebody at work, and she wanted some, too. Or she was just trying. She was just trying to have him say, "Shall I get her?" Or something was said, and she took it the wrong way. Right, but for her to have all this evidence when she filed, and then when it's time to you know show the evidence, she doesn't have it. That's kind of sus to me. You know what I mean? <coughs> right, and then but, everybody's talking about his size and his weight and how he can't move, and he was nothing but a gimmick act in WWE, and now he's supposed to be a badass. Right, whose fault is that? 
it's Vince for making him the gimmick. He is a fucking badass. He was because a damn... if you'll go back and well, like read his story, like he was Snoop Dogg's bodyguard. If you're gonna be Snoop Dogg's bodyguard, you can't be no pussy. No, you've got to be a badass. And then, like I said, I used to go down and do jobs at Deep South, and he's a badass. I I got squashed by G Rilla, and it was not an easy night at the office. Well, and that is a man that don't know his own. It's it's like working. A bigger, stronger Cyrus. Right. Oh, damn. You know, just don't know his own strength. And then, you know, he gets saddled with, you'll think they brought him in first with Del Rio, and he was a badass. Then all of a sudden, that's gone, and he comes back as the Funkasaurus. Don't get me wrong, he sold a shit ton of merch. Kids loved him. Cena loved him. We talked about that. Yeah, shit, I was a fan. Me too. I was also a fan after he got released and they pushed him as the heater for EC3 and Impact. Right. Like, I like, and I like what Billy Corgan said. I think big guys are the main event. I'm old school. I believe that too. Don't get me wrong. You can have, like he said, your smaller guys that are going to be your main event stars are once in a generation. Right. How many other Bret Hart's and Shawn Michaels have we seen since then? Uh, Brian Danielson's about it. But the office didn't want to push him. No, they didn't, but they... That's what I'm saying. So, how many have you seen that were superstars on their own since then? I think Austin's 6'3", 270. Right. Rock's 6'6", 280. Taker's a monster. Kane's a monster. Owens is a big dude. Rollins, Rollins is big as fuck, dude. Foley had size. <laughs> yeah, so other than Brett and Sean, there's not really been anybody that they picked to push that wasn't a big guy. I, Eddie and Benoit to a certain extent. Well, they still had height. Well, Eddie had height. Eddie was like almost six foot tall. I was about to say, Eddie was six foot. Benoit, I think, was 5'10". 5'9", 5'10". But again, look at their runs. Both very short runs. Mysterio, he wouldn't have got his run if it wasn't for Eddie. No, I agree. And I hate to say that because I always like Mysterio, but that's that's exactly what happened there. Then look, when Dolph got his run, he was a lot bigger than he is now. Yeah, and goddamn uh, Punk, Punk, but they didn't want to push Punk either. Kofi, nope. they didn't so, want to push Kofi? Nope. So heavyweights are your, you know, your main event. That's what he was saying was like, NWA is a throwback. He believes in it being like Harley Race versus Terry Funk, the big guys, the the legitimate badasses that look like they can fuck you up should be the ones pushed in the main event. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, it is. You look you back at any way I've ever booked a show, and my top guys look credible. Yeah, and right. you, if you walk into a bar... You pick out a couple guys, some of them might be chiseled, got a six-pack of abs, but I guarantee you, the old man in the corner drinking a bottle of scotch has probably got a beer belly on him and some rough and tough. Um, oh, I wouldn't have fucked any of those bodybuilders up. Well, fuck them all up, exactly. Trevor could fuck it, most of those bodybuilders up. Goddamn right. Fucking A. Tyrus good. Uh, to his extent, he's a swolled-up, jacked-up dude, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Cardona can hold his own in a fist fight. And I'm going to say right now, the fucking work that Tyrus has put in. 
The weight that he to lost. drop the weight that he did from when we saw him in Knoxville to now. Yeah, that's another thing that was pissing me off on everything I read. It was just about how fat he is. All right, yeah, he's a big guy. But I promise you, he's lost every bit of 65, 70 pounds since yeah. June. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look <laughs> at him seven, six, was it five, six, seven months ago and look at him yeah. now. <clears throat> and look at him now, it's a, oh, that hurt, a totally different person. Right. But I, like I said, I'm happy with it. And the other thing is, your political affiliation doesn't matter. He's on the most watched show on Fox News nightly. And he was with NWA World's Heavyweight Title in his possession. Right. Millions of You know, Fox is your Republican network. So you're going to have a lot of the older people watching it. Who's to say these fans might watch it and be like, oh, shit. I, I used to watch the NWA. I might check this shit out. Exactly. And that fucking beautiful ass new belt they gave him. Oh, dude, that belt is badass. Oh, Red is great on it. They actually went with the guy that makes AEW's belts for this, this <laughs> one. And the way he made the plates bigger, you know, taller, wider. Oh, yeah. The grommets bigger. The straps bigger. Tyrus actually wore it out on TV last night around his waist. It's more than 10 pounds of gold. I'll say that now, though. No, yeah, it's definitely heavy. Um, <laughs> and Tyrus, he said uh, his exact quote was, the woke hater trolls booing me is doing nothing but building my self-esteem. Right. Uh, you know, I said we'll go over that a little bit more when we get to the results, but uh, we kind of teased this a little bit a minute ago with uh, WWE offering Stone Cold another match. They're saying now they don't know if it's uh, for one of the Saudi shows or if it is for WrestleMania. But either way, it would uh, it would be a big time thing for him to have another match. He, he like he's wanted in the past. It's going to have to align. Yeah, it's going to have to make sense. The shit he did with Owens though, that was fucking. I love how they said that. You think it's going to be an interview? And he that he looked good too. Oh, yeah, he looked great. I told you I was going to be a match. The only thing I hated was that he didn't take his shirt off because he ain't never been that damn jack. Right. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't either because he's not a fucking... He didn't have the... I don't think he's been that jack since world class. Holy shit. Um, speaking of Kevin Owens, uh, he's injured. Got hurt at a house that. show. Well, supposedly it's an MCL sprain. He's supposed to be good for war games. Okay, that'll be good. Um... Uh, Eager to see where they go with the men's war games match. Supposedly, from what I'm reading, if it's correct, it's going to be the Bloodline versus the Brutes, Drew, and Owens. Yeah. I don't know who else could put in that. It's, yeah. I mean, the story's been I told. would rather have the Judgment Day against the OC. Yeah. And have Roman defend and yeah. start a new feud for the uh, Usos. Yeah, because if you think about it, the Judgment Day's got the bigger feud for the War Games. Right. <laughs> That's really all the news that I'm seeing. Uh, the post-Thanksgiving episode of Rampage Warrior at 4 p.m. I don't know. 
know what that's about. Uh, Black Friday? Uh, <laughs> NBA, maybe. I could see it being NBA. Or it could be, I don't know, last year, uh, TBS or TNT won uh, the Friday after Christmas, I think it was, because when we got to the condo we watched, it was 24 hours of a Christmas vacation. So that may be it again as well. Well, I know they do they do 24 hours of a Christmas story for Christmas on TBS. But this year they're apparently doing it a few different times with – uh, Elf, Christmas Story, and Christmas Vacation all on 24-hour loops. Oh, okay. Uh, Mysterio is injured. Uh, he's out of the World Cup. Well, damn. <laughs> Everybody get injured. Nick Aldis, after the pay-per-view, said, Now you see why I left this brand. No, I don't. Shut the uh, hell up, dude. Let me talk about him, the better. I'm... <laughs> Basically, all it is is he's... He's not the top guy anymore. He's sour that he's not the top guy, so he's going to shit on the show on his way out. Exactly. And then for him to say that, oh, what the statement that got out was only supposed to go to my followers, it wasn't supposed to go out to everybody, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, don't be a bitch. And not only that, but he's like, well, Tony Khan, or not Tony Khan, Billy Corgan could have used this as a... uh, he could have used it as an angle on my way out. Why? So can, why? Why bring you in? So you can shit on the company more. Yeah, gonna, to me. I mean, it just makes no that sense. Was, that was, you know, him getting protected on his way out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Gordon's going to protect the brand. He's not going to protect Nick. Yeah, why would you bring this man in after he's done shit talk the company? And I mean, you can pretty much tell who he's talking shit about. You know, right. he's talking shit about Cardona and Murdoch being ex WWE guys because you can't say one without the other. He was shitting all over the entire main event of Hard Times. Right, right. Uh, shitting all over Gags again. No, like we were talking the other day. Not my bag either. I don't. I'm not a gags again fan, but uh, our good buddy Will is. Oh, Will loves him some gags. Well, and other people do too. Because here's here's something to kind of let you people that may not know. You don't get merch made for you if you're not over. Right. They're not going to spend money mass-producing shirts for someone that's not going to sell a shirt. <coughs> no knock. It's my homeboy for 15 years. He'll gotten don't have a shirt. I'd buy one. Al don't have a shirt. Al has his own shirts, but he doesn't have an NWA merch shirt. You get know what right. I'm saying? <coughs> but Gags does. There's a reason for that. Not everything that gets put on TV is going to be something that everybody agrees with. But it's going to be on TV because there is a great demographic for somebody. It's marketable to somebody. And if it sells enough, it's going to continue to be on there. Well, perfect that's how example. business works. We get to being the, I mean, the pro AEW podcast. 
there we are. We agree we like the product better than what we like WWE. Of course, the NWA is their favorite. Uh, top Flight and AR is working Death Triangle for the trios. Yeah. But that being said, too, yes, AEW is probably our second favorite brand. But at the same time, there's a lot of shit on there I don't like. Yeah. Well, it's like I've said, I appreciate good wrestling, doesn't matter what company it's for. Yeah. Exactly. Or a good story. The wrestling doesn't have to be five-star Meltzer classics if you're telling me a good story. Right. And that whole... The whole bloodline story is one of the best stories going on in wrestling right now. Exactly. Agreed. But is the rest of WWE shit? Yeah. Over a lot they of put so, if they put as much focus into everything as Vince put into the bloodline storyline when he first started it, there'd be no top in WWE. But with that said, the bloodline storyline keeps getting better. It does. It keeps evolving. It's changing. It's. You know, it's constantly getting better. Bringing Solo into it, I think, moved it along tenfold and you know, just that uh-huh. one little bit that they did. And the way they did it to where they banned the Usos. Right. Perfect. And Sammy, Sammy has become the star that he should have been when he first made the main roster. Agreed. Agreed. You got any more news there, Joshua? I, that's all the news that I've got, my man. All right. You want to go into results or you want to take a break, Jason? Let's go ahead and take a break. I want to see <coughs> the trophy. Yeah, we'll take a break real quick. I'll show Josh a picture of the uh, trophy design, and we'll try to get these dogs calmed down. All righty. So we'll be right back. Everybody loves it when you say that. Wait, we're I back. know, everybody. Everybody tries to do it. Sorry, I was in the kitchen. Davey's the best one at doing it. That's like the Parkman shimmy. Yeah. Drives the women here in Cleveland nuts. <laughs> Until you go do, you know, leave this podcast and start a different one. It's a Parkman shimmy. Makes the women here in Cleveland sick. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's start our results off by going over smacking down from last week. Uh before you do that, I'm going to say A.R. Fox is on here, and he looks exactly like A.R. Fox. He didn't change shit. Why would he? The only time he's never looked like A.R. Fox is when he was kill shot. True. Uh, that's just one of those things, watch you know, I saw bits and pieces, I do believe, maybe. Uh, if there's anything that sticks out, feel free to comment. Only thing that I stuck out to me it. was no Sammy at all on the show, and they didn't explain it. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, yeah. In the uh, ending promo that I seen some of, that I was very disappointed in, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I was watching uh, Georgia high school football playoffs. No, okay, yeah, you know. First match was the Usos defending the unified tag team titles against the New Day. Uh, basically against their uh, their title reign as well. If the Usos won, they were still champions and would go to have the longest tag team title reign in WWE history. Uh, Usos retain and are still your champions and are the longest reigning tag team champions in company history. <coughs> yep. History. That was a badass banger of a match. Yes. 
I'm sure it was. But they gave it plenty of time. They didn't. They didn't try to rush rush them through. They let them have basically a pay per view match on. Yeah, they said it was 28 minutes the whole segment. And the history that they have together, they always put on killer ass matches. They always. Yeah, my favorite is still the ugly red hell of a cell match they had against each other though. That was a great fucking match. That was brutal. Well, they just beat the hell out of each other. Usos are wearing a white. It was it was so good, and I like their chemistry. But you know, maybe now with the Viking Raiders and you know Max, the I mean uh, Sarah Logan back. You're seeing that shit that they, she's getting. That Sarah the Impaler. Yeah, Sarah the Impaler. Max Logan. That sounds like my accountant. I was about to say that was L.A. Knight's name before, wasn't it? Dupree, baby, Dupree. <laughs> oh, like Jermaine, okay. Yeah, I don't know if he was ever so, so dead. <laughs> but I did that. I understood that reference. Now you picking up what I'm laying down? Oh, yeah, that's the old Captain America. Hey, I understood that reference. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, speaking of uh, L.A. Knight, um, was that on SmackDown or was that on Raw? I was on SmackDown. <coughs> yeah, the little promo he the had. L.A. Knight and Bray, Bray Wyatt. Yep. So, uh, did y'all see it? Basically, it was right after the tag match, I think. Yes. Okay. They're back there talking to L.A. The What the fuck? Good God. The wheelbarrows and shit. I know it. It was the Home Depot match. Right. Wheelbarrows everywhere. That was good shit right there. That's all that Dante, goddamn flippy flop shit. so good. He just needs some size. <coughs> no, they, uh, Dupree's back there, or fucking L.A. Knight. You got me saying Dupree now, goddammit. L.A. Knight. Eli Drake's back there cutting his promo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's back there cutting his promo, and the Wyatt thing flashed behind him, and he's like, he starts talking shit. Uh, basically uh, saying that. Fuck, dude. Do what? AR Fox tagged in. Crowds are all behind him. Hell yeah. But no, basically it was a. Uh, I don't know what your problem is. This is my interview time, and then Wyatt actually shows up, and they're what the fuck? You must have seen him jump off the second rope. Yeah. 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 That's why I said he's so good, he just needs more size. And to stop looking so much like goddamn Blake Griffin. Imagine if he was Pac size. Yeah. Because they're about the same height. Or just defined like Pac. Actually, he may be taller. He is taller. He could put the muscle on that Pac has. He could probably get about 50 pounds of muscle and he'd look great. Look at him when they show like Pac in the ring run. he's, He's definitely a couple inches taller than Pac. Yeah. But no, uh, the Wyatt symbol flashed behind him. Wyatt shows up. He says something like, how far are you willing to go? Oh, oh. So right. kind of like, how far are you willing to go something? And then... Uh, Watch the rolling cutter in a minute. There's some more jawing back and forth. And then finally, Wyatt headbutts him. And that kind of ends segment. 
Yeah, I seen people bitching about that. It was like apparently they've already advertised that mask. There's a graphic for it. Whether it's real or not, I don't know. But it said Bray debuts at a mid card. Where the fuck else are you gonna put him? Jobbing to Roman in his first match? No. No. Yeah, because if he did that, people be pissed about that. So let him get some solid wins. Oh, is that Rolling Cutter you were talking about? That's nice. And the thing is, he's still having this feud with, as far as we know right now, is himself. Now, if he gets this faction, you've got to tell the story. Fans nowadays, no, excuse me. I don't use this term a whole lot, but I'm going to use it here. Marks nowadays are so damn fucking spoiled and want instant gratification and instant we don't result. Call, we don't call them marks anymore. We call them the IWC. Okay, yes, the IWC want instant gratifications and immediate uh, stories told right off the bat, but when they get it, they get pissed off. Yeah, I don't want that. I want to be <laughs> something that makes sense. Yes, tell me a story. Take me for the ride. <coughs> yeah, don't just, you know, I don't want I don't want to watch Meltzer five-star classics all the time. I'll take some shitty wrestling with great story. Dude, I want that two-star match that nobody wants to talk about, but then you look back and you think about it. I mean, fucking Judy Bagwell on a pole. Booker T. Stone Cold Grocery Store. That was fucking great. That eclipsed any match they ever had in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. But it told a good story. What do you say? What do you say? Price check on a jabroni or whatever. Price check on a jackass. Yeah, jackass. But the funniest part to me was when he throws him into the cooler and opens up, drinks some milk. He goes, "Book got milk." Then hits him with a milk jug. I just this was a five star match, but the fucking story behind it, the Cody Dustin. Oh yeah, right, nah, bro. That yeah, was double or nothing. Yeah, if we're right, if we're right on Meltzer's scale, that was one of the five stars. Oh no doubt, that's that even a ten star at the Tokyo Dome. Do you know who came up with the star ratings for matches? Huh? It was Jim Cornette and his good friend Weasel Dooley. And a five star match. He said he's seen two in his life. That means that's the best wrestling match he's ever seen. One of them we reviewed on the podcast, Punk Lawler, I for an eye. What are you saying, Punk Lawler? Funk Lawler. Funk Lawler. Yeah, I'm sick, remember? The Funker, baby, the Funker. Yeah, Funk Lawler, the eye for an eye, was uh, his first five-star match. That was our first watch-along we ever did back in the day. Drew was still with us for that one. He was. Uh, but, you know, Cornell, always, you know, him and Meltzer were friends until Meltzer became such a young buck mark. And, you know, he was like, you can't get more than five stars. It's a five-star rating method. I created the shit. But, yeah, that was, that's, to me, that's exception to the rule in modern wrestling with the build and the in-ring action was Dustin Cody. Because... Uh, the build to Bucks FTR was not a good build. No, not no. at all. <clears throat> the match was disappointing. Yes. The build was better when they were in separate companies. <laughs> Agreed. 
Like right now, the MJF build is good. I think the build's going to be better than the match. Agreed. Well, Mox is either hit or miss for me. Either his match is really good or I'm really fucking bored in him. And it just depends on who he's in there against, I guess. Man, I think we're doing it. Him and Brian, I was in it. Him and Jericho, not so much. Yeah, but you uh, say that about any Jericho match. I wasn't really into it. Jericho was out there. Well, another bit of news. Uh, I don't remember the exact breakdown because I listened to it uh, earlier. But last week's, like earlier in the week, last week's Dynamite started off again with over a million viewers. By Jericho's match, they were under 700,000. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, basically, you know, he can say he's the demo got all he wants. But uh, when he's on, the ratings drastically drop. Well, hopefully that's not the case because he went up first tonight. Well, I don't think it'll be as bad with who he was in the ring with tonight either. Agreed. The tag match, I think, was just, it was a good tag match. Brian, Brian draws high segments. Right. Claudio Sorry. always should. I had to come to the office. Yeah, now if it's uh, just a singles match or Jericho's, depending on who it's with, if it's just an ROH guy, then yeah, it's going to drop. Right. All right. Well, let's go to the second match on SmackDown. It was a first-round match in the SmackDown World Cup. Remember the winner of the World Cup gets a shot at Gunther for the uh, Intercontinental title. Santos Escobar defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. That was a surprise. What I could happened. only imagine was an incredible match. Yeah, it was a damn good match. I was shocked at the results, but I was happy for it. No, I wasn't really surprised. Uh, the last time they worked, Escobar went over. Well, I mean, you know, they've not really ever done anything with Nakamura outside of NXT other than that one run with AJ, so... Uh, bringing in a new talent like Santos, he needs a good win. Agreed. That brings us to the six-pack challenge match for the number one contender to the SmackDown women's title. Shotzi defeated Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Sonya Deville, and Zia Lee. I know AR Fox just did my shit. Did he? Uh, I, have to, I have to see it later. I'm in the office right now. One of them things I used to do when I was, you know, skintier. Ah, uh, gotcha. Jaden called, uh, uh, called it the disco ball. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, fourth match was also a first-round match in the SmackDown World Cup. Braun Strowman defeats Jinder Mahal. Uh, I completely disagree with Shotzi going over in the six-pack. I disagree with Braun beating Jinder. Do what? I agree with Braun, disagree with Braun Jinder being your actual in-ring main event. Agreed. Because at the end of the night, you had the Bloodline promo. Uh, basically, he's going to put over the Usos. He gets interrupted by the Brawling Brutes. Sheamus comes out, starts to cut his promo, microphone messes up. Roman said, you're going to call me up. You can't even get your microphone to work, which was hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, they 
they hit the ring, of course, the numbers advantage. They're getting their ass beat. McIntyre hits the ring, clears. So, I guess we're back to putting every fucking European guy back together in a faction. Yeah, it's the uh, United Nations Part 2. Or League uh, of Nations. That's uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 08 storyline mode. Yeah. Any news y'all want to bring up on the SmackDown or y'all want to go to Raw? I, like I said, I disagreed with the whole Shotzi thing just because the promo that she cut afterwards. Who would you put over? She wants, I, I don't even remember. Zia Lee, just somebody different, probably. That's what I would have put over. And they had it, from what I've seen in the match, they had it looking like Zia was going to win. But yeah, that's really what I would have done. Just the fact of, after everything was said and done, Shotzi's back there, and she cuts a promo saying that uh, Ronda's never faced anyone like me. See, I wouldn't have done Raquel yet because you're just going to feed her whoever this is to Ronda. Right. I don't think Ronda's not dropping it again until Mania, if then. What? Mania or Raw. The biggest thing about it, though, Shotzi's saying that, and you got to think back. Ronda beat Shotzi in a beat the clock challenge in less than a minute. Right. So now we're going to have to, we're going to be like, oh, they're actually going to have a competitive match at Survivor Series now. No, they're fucking not. Yeah, it'll be two minutes instead of one minute. Yeah, just because she got her tank back don't mean she got her mojo back. Right. Mojo, Jojo. That's an Austin Power reference for you children. (laughs) She ain't like like Stella. She ain't get her groove back. Yeah. Speaking of Sammy and not being there and them making no (coughs) mention about it, you know, Cornette was the booker for Ring of Honor for the longest. Right. And uh, Sammy and Owens were doing their stuff. He's talking about how he had issues with both of them and they wouldn't listen and da-da-da-da-da. But he's constantly, for the last few months, put over Sammy on how good he's been. I mean, nobody can doubt that. That's not even up for debate, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, Sammy's been amazing. Well, Sammy tweeted Cornette the other day and said, My daughter. Hey, it's official. They just put the graphic up. Death Triangle versus the Elite at full gear. How about the elite take the belts back? You want that? Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> so, uh, Sammy sent Cornette that tweet, and it said, My dog, dot, dot, dot. And Cornette commented about it. He goes, My dog, yes, sir. <laughs> so now that, I guess. So now that he's squashed. Good. Which is funny. Oh, boy. Woo. <coughs> All right, so Monday Night Raw brings us uh, Seth Rollins starting the show off. And here's the funny part. You know USA is owned by NBC Universal, right? Yes. Which also shows The Voice on Monday nights. There's this guy on there, Kevin, <laughs> get his last name, it's a gay guy. How about him and Seth had the exact same suit on on Mondays? That's hilarious. 
The only difference was Kevin's jacket just went waist length where Sez was full. That's great. I started to send y'all a uh, picture last night when I watched it. But Sez comes out, does his thing, you know, fully blonde-headed now on the top, underneath still black. He's complete baby face now. They uh, make a comment about worst cash-in ever, stupidest cash-in ever. Uh, he goes, well, he'll be out here later. You can just tell him that. Lashley comes out, and I don't know if y'all noticed last week, but he was bleeding from the, from the chest. I didn't see that. Oh, Bandito's new gear is badass. We'll see in a minute. Oh, so badass. Ethan's just walking out right now, so... <laughs> This match is going to be awesome. Oh, fuck yeah. I have a feeling Bandito's over, though, but I wish Ethan was. I think it's telling of who they put over in this tournament is who will win the world title, too. Uh, if yeah. Paige goes over, it's going to be MJF when Tyrell set up his first feud with the firm. Yeah. Which I, I'd like to see Paige get pushed. He's too good not to get pushed. But did you notice, is Bandito out yet? Oh, yeah, that is badass. Look at that here. Isn't that badass? Hell yeah. AEW on the legs. But uh, did you notice Lashley bleeding from the peck? No. I did not know. Well, I did. And uh, I thought, damn, man, that looks rough. Well, his his peck is split. He had some like uh, the clear bandage on it this week. Oh shit! So he comes out to confront says says nobody will win the U.S. title until he gets his shot at it. Mustafa Ali comes out, uh, gets thrown around like a rag doll. Says sneaks out. Uh, Lashley tells Ali if he wants to get his ass whooped, get the ring. Which brings us to the first match of Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Always Mustafa Ali by rest stoppage. I mean, <laughs> Ali's not getting over as the fight from underneath behind Babyface like they want him to. Well, if they would have turned Seth Babyface in the process, he might have a chance. Right. Yeah, I feel like he's fighting a losing battle right now. Yeah, and all it's going to do is put him in a position to where it's a no-win situation for a talent like him, and he needs all the help he can get. Exactly. That brings us to the second match. Uh, the returning unofficial member of the OC, Mia Yim, defeated Tamina in a singles match. Even though there's no one Mina. Huh? Even though there's no one Mina than Tamina. No, right. And then... Uh, that brings us to the third match, which was what I seen of it was really good. Like I said, remember it was Monday Night Football. My Eagles were still winning at this point. <laughs> uh, but Chad Gable uh, defeated Matt Riddle. Oh yeah, I have no doubts that that was a banger. Well, you know, you seen in group chat that Tyler was putting over how good it was. Right. And uh, one part, one part that I did see on. Uh, when I was watching commentary, uh, Corey Graves said, 
there's probably only one person in the WWE that can out-wrestle Matt Riddle, and that is Chad Gable. Nice. The fact that he said wrestle popped me. <coughs> uh, we had a backstage with Shelton being interviewed. Uh, again, Shelton's on the show, so I think they're about to do something with him. Her but Dominic Mysterio comes up and says, yeah, you should know all about felon. You used to be good when... Uh, my deadbeat dad and Eddie Guerrero were doing their thing on SmackDown. So, you know, they kind of get into it. Priest steps up to the fin. Everything Priest says, Dominic is repeating. So Priest challenges Shelton to a match. Dominic repeats it. Uh, Shelton says, I accept your challenge. Points at Dominic, which leads us to Dominic picking up a win over Shelton Benjamin. Okay, that's uh, a hilarious way to set that up. Huh? That's a hilarious way to set that up. Yeah, because it was great. And like I said, uh, the only thing Dominic needs, in my opinion, is to bulk up. Right. He's got everything else. He's He is a far better heel. He might be Eddie's son. <laughs> but he's a far better heel than he is a baby face. But picked up the win over Shelton. <laughs> Uh, EO Sky defeated Dana Brooke, and that match must have happened in like minutes because it was one of those where EO's going to the ring and it said next. Uh, I watched like two plays, went to commercial, turned, and the match was over. Yeah, Corey Graves did made a comment. He's like, This match lasted so short, I didn't even get a chance to talk shit about Dana before. She just blasted about it on the internet or something. That's that awesome. 24 7 title match. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, earlier, there had been a backstage with Ziggler and Terry. Uh, Terry's got the promo that I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of being kid. I'm tired of taking advice. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, challenges Ziggler. Ziggler said, I'll see you out there, kid. Uh, I did watch this one in its entirety. Match was a fucking banger. Oh, no doubt. Look who's in the ring. Ziggler picked up the victory by DQ because Terry snaps and beats that ass. Backstage, we had uh, segments all night of JBL and Baron Corbin playing poker with mine and Jason's longtime personal friend, Dyron Flynn. You Empire fans will remember him as uh, half the best of the best with Lamar Phillips. Uh, the guy as the waiter was Zach Harris. You UEW fans will remember him and Dyron as best of the best at UEW. Nice. Uh, but Tazala comes in. Takes all their money in poker. It was like a great old school APA segment. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tazawa cracked me up the whole segment. Yeah, Tazawa ends up winning all the money. Uh, Corbin gets pissed. He says, you meet me outside. He goes, you want to fight us? Then he goes, end our ring. So Baron Corbin picks up the victory over Tazawa. <laughs> and in the main event, uh, I didn't watch a lot of this because, you know, the game was still on. It was trying to make the comeback before we get to fuck up penalties called against us. But uh, I'm sure it was amazing because Seth Rollins defending the U.S. title against Finn Balor. Seth picks up the victory. And then there comes out and beats that ass. Yep. I, I honestly saw none of that. <coughs> that was, was the... You, uh, was you seeping? 
that was the point where I got <coughs> tired and I went to bed. Because I was dozing off anyway, trying to sit there and watch the little bit of Raw that I did see. Right. So I just said, fuck it, I'm tired, I'm cool. going to bed. different inflection on that that's okay yeah they uh they squashed them uh, and then cut a promo <laughs> we go back to they call out the creed brothers we go back to a vtr with them uh incomes uh what was their name uh tatum Baxley and ivy now yes. ivy tells them they're focusing on the wrong person that they should focus on pretty deadly creed says you don't get it that they're going after Indashir, and then they'll go after uh, yeah. he bodies Hundy from the top rope. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm now is fucking jacked. Yes. Oh, fuck. He goes edge. Not yet. He goes just climbing up Come top on. right now. Hell yeah. Ego went over. Ego. Ego, ego. Uh, next, we had another absolute banger as Apollo Crews defeated J.D. McDonough. Yes, damn good match. Hey, fuck yeah. Uh, very, 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 very good match. Uh, next, we had the Dyad, which is the former Grizzled Young Veterans with Ava Rain and Joe Gacy. Taking on Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs with Fallon Henley. The diet pick up the victory. I did not realize how tall Ava was. She's probably about the taller, about the same size as probably your daddy. Yeah, she's, she's tall. Dude, I really like that group. Yes. I do too, and I like them better now. They're not wearing white pants, white shirt, white boots, black pants, black shirt, black boots. They went back to gear, and it's just like the gear the Grizzled Young Veterans wore that style. But it's all black. And then uh, the one that used to have the, uh, the one that used to be James Drake. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, has a smiley face on his knee pad. You know, so they're actually back in gear. I love the group. Uh, all the way around, I love the group. 
Uh, next, we had a contract signing for the North American title for next week. Wes Lee and Mello Hayes with Booker T as the moderator. Nice. And I felt like towards the end there, he tried to take it over, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, but man, that's just the way Booker is. I don't think you should have got to now can you get that dig that sucker in. I thought that was Yeah, that was a little that's what I was saying. That's what I didn't agree with. I thought he was gonna end up snapping on trick because the way he kept looking at him every time he'd say something. (laughs) Hey look, you can only see Paige's boobies. Oh wait. (laughs) Never seen those before. (laughs) Uh, fifth match, we had Indy Hartwell defeat him, Tatum Paxley. Uh, really good match. Not sure what they're doing with Indy, but she is picking up a lot of wins now. So yeah, she's picking up a lot of wins. She's looking, she's looking good. And she's winning yeah. non-traditional finishers, which is what I like. Of course, Sean cut the promo that Josh talked about earlier before we went to the main event about the uh, Iron Survivor Challenge match or whatever the fuck they called it. Uh, main event, Mandy Rose defeated Alba Fire in a last woman standing match for the NXT Women's Championship win from NXT UK. Who is it, Josh? Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn appears out of nowhere. Pushes Alba off the ladder through the announce table with a sick ass fucking bump. That oh, yeah. sounds. Her name sounds like where you go in the store to get dishwashing soap. <laughs> damn it! God damn! <laughs> I mean, Isla Dawn. That's where you get your damn soap for your dishes. Only if you want to go the whole aisle. The whole fucking aisle. <laughs> All right. But I say Mandy holds that title. She doesn't drop it until she drops it to Roxanne. That needs to be who drops it to. Pushing 400 days is the champion now. And to me, she's improved tenfold. Agreed. You know, before Mandy was eye candy. Exactly. Yeah. She's earned it. Her going back to NXT has been the best thing for her career. I think she looks better with a darker hair. But now, her, you know, you know, I think being... In NXT to where she can take advantage of being at NXT has done nothing but helped her tremendously. Oh, yeah. And she's had great people to work with, too. Uh, The only way I would want to see her called up to the main roster is if they bring the whole group together, but they're pushed. Agreed. Yeah. I I don't think they bring her up and they lose her in the shuffle because then I think (coughs) you've done all this, you know, over a year of building for absolutely nothing. <clears throat> exactly. And she meant it when she said to me, y'all need to start putting some respect on my damn name. I agree. Right. Yeah. And as I mean, her in-ring work's improved. Her promos have improved. Like, she's, you know, she's, she's the, she's, she's, she's like Trish Stratus has. She's this there is Trish Stratus. Yes, Exactly. You know, come in as a model, eye candy, but took it seriously and learned how to fucking do the craft. And see, that's what I like. If you come in and take it seriously, that's like the whole celebrity thing. You bring a celebrity in, if they're going to take it seriously and put, you know, put some work into it, like fucking Bad Bunny did or like Logan Paul's done. Right. Or like Pac-Man Jones tried to. 
Yeah, like Pac-Man tried to, like Pat McAfee did. Yeah. And then you get not those like, guys. Not like Snooky did, or not like, uh, you know, when TNA brought Ronnie from the Jersey Shore in. Just Right, that's what I was about to say. Snooky <laughs> and then fucking... Uh, can't really say Hermie Sadler because he actually did do some stuff with other shit. Yeah, he, had, he actually had some matches. Right. He's about to have a retirement match against Jeff Jarrett's kid on the trampoline. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> God damn. But no, I mean, you get stuff like that. and Or, you know, Shaq even. Yeah, Shaq's, man, he's wanted to do that shit with Big Show for so long. I hate they never got to. Yeah, but he showed out with Cody, though. Damn right he did. Hell yeah, he did. You know, I mean... Took that bump through the table. Uh, Takashita. Yes. He's back. (gasps) Yay! I love Takashita. Yeah. I can't tell who the other guy is, but you got Kingston and Ortiz cutting a promo on Takashita and the other guy. <laughs> uh, I know Eddie's wrestling the other guy, Marafuji. I know they're going to do a tag match. I don't know if it's tonight or if it's at Rampage. That name's Rampage. Yeah, it's a tag match, supposed to be a singles match, so the tag match might actually be on the buy-in of the pay-per-view. It might be. All right, well, let's go to uh, last week's Diamante. First match, we had uh, the greatest tag team in the business today, FTR, and in my opinion, the second, the acclaimed, in an eight-man tag against the Ass Boys and Swerving Our Glory, FTR and the acclaimed pick up the win, but I've said this for months, and I'm going to keep saying it, the Ass Boys are future stars. Yes. Yes. I mean... Some more seasoning. There's nothing these boys can't do. They can talk. They got the look. They can work. Well, I mean, look but at who their I, dad I is. They've got that charisma. AEW, though. Yeah. Look at who their dad is. They've got that charisma. I don't know if they end up being over in AEW. I could honestly see Hunter pushing hard for them when their contract's up. Yeah. We'll see where that yeah, one goes. New, uh, new age outlaws. No, you know what they need to do if that happens? Reformed yet? They've probably still got the fucking copyright. They need to send them out there as the new smoking guns and then have them shit all over it. That would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, go out there just like Billy and Bart back in the day with the hats, the mustache, the mustaches, the dusters. The and they go out lookers. there... They go out there and talk about how stupid it is, and they pull off the damn that it was fake mustaches and all that shit. Yeah, and got the Sean gear under. Yeah. And by Sean gear, you mean the little hot pants he wore to ref in that one night? No, 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 no. Well, I can see Austin wearing that for promos. <laughs> that brings us to uh, the second match from last week. It was the first uh, contenders tournament, first round match for the. What are they calling it? The World Title Eliminator Tournament or whatever. Yeah, the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Yeah, Ethan Page defeated defeated Eddie Kingston, uh, which uh, I think Eddie, I think uh, Ethan might pull it off. I think he's. Yeah, I think it's I hope be, so. He deserves it. It's going to be Page and Starks in the finals. Page going to win. <coughs> oh, 
all page don't win. You hope he don't. Third match was uh, he won't started off with Arya yeah. Davari and uh, Jeeves K or whatever his name is there, but VSK. Jeeves K. Uh, in the ring, Arya calls out Wardlow. Uh, Wardlow squashes Davari. Wardlow cuts a promo on Hobbs, says he's going to take all the titles in AEW. Samoa Joe whoops that ass and turns heel. Seen that one coming a mile away. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Start talking, so I saw Joe standing behind him. I was like, oh, Joe's turning heel. Uh, next, we had Jay Lethal defeating Trent Beretta. Fucking banger. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, then we had Jared cut another badass promo after that, which we went over earlier about the fake monster in the red pants and banana nose circus. But promo was good. Had a young kid counting down. Jared chased him. Just good shit from the last outlaw. Fifth match, Jamie Hayter got a strong victory over Sky Blue. Uh, good for her. I really think she may take the titles at the pay-per-view. I hope so. I would not hate it. I if think go, she if, takes if the title away, and uh, Britt does the job. Cause more dissension between them two. Yeah, the main event. The two out of three falls match between Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara. Beat the Danielson hell out of each wins, other. Danielson wins the first fall by disqualification when Sammy throws a chair at him and busts him open. Sammy hits the Spanish fly. Or no, the, uh, he hits the GTH. For the second fall, and then Danielson tapped him for the third and deciding fall. Uh, really fucking good match. Really, 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 really good match. Did anybody watch Dark? No, I didn't see Dark. Or Rampage, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was, uh, that's why I didn't watch, didn't get to see much of SmackDown. We were working on putting some of this flooring in, in here. Okay. Well, I didn't watch it either, so we'll just go over results for that. Okay. Cage advanced to the next round of the Eliminator Tournament by defeating Dante Martin. Uh, Bandito advanced by defeating uh, Roosh. Roosh. I did see that match. That match was really good. Of course, we know Bandito lost tonight. Uh, Nyla Rose defeated Kayla Sparks. Who the fuck's Kayla Sparks? Exactly. <laughs> Don't know. If they want Rampage to draw good ratings on a Friday night, they're going to have to give better stuff. They're going to have to give you main event quality matches. Well, I mean, when he first came back, Rampage was punk show. Right. He debuted on Rampage, and everything he was doing was on Rampage. He didn't show up on Dynamite for a month or so. But he would usually only do promos on Dynamite. Wrestle on Rampage. So if you wanted to and see now, punk, they're trying to make it destination TV with Jim Ross being there and trying to do it live more often. But you can't make it destination TV if your main event is Orange Cassidy versus Lee Johnson. Right, but to their point, they at least put the matches in a decent order and had a title match as the main event. 
you can have a title match, but no knock on Lee Johnson, but Lee Johnson, nobody, his mama didn't even think he was going to win this match. And, you know, of course he did. Orange Cassidy picks up the victory. Let me pull up NWA. Now, are you going to go over NWA TV or do you just want to go over the pay-per-view since that was the most recent biggest thing? Uh, we'll go over. We go over both. The TV was just two matches last night. Okay. Uh, I go over it real quick. Uh, new television champion, actually, new television champion Jordan Clearwater, still uh, national champion Scion, new world champion Cyrus starts as Tyrus starts the show off with a promo, which leads into Clearwater. Defending the world television title against number one contender Big Strong Mims. Uh, he picks up the victory. Why am I drawing a blank? I don't know. Hard times three. That's what I'm looking for. Looking for some hard times, baby. Hard times. Oh, let's see. What was the main event yesterday? It was a long one. Uh, but Clearwater went uh, TV time limit of 6.05 with uh, Mims. Uh, announced the main event for NWA USA Saturday. It will be a United States tag team title match as the fixers will defend against the country gentlemen. We need some fixers merch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Billy, we need fixer merch. Fixers rule. Fishers roll. You need to send what your was belt. Last night? Hold on, I'm drawing a blank. Fight TV. And I just watched it. It was really good, too. I need to be a fixture or an ill-begotten. But the, uh, the promo was funny because, you know, Austin Idol starts the promo off and he's just ranting about how Idol management with the church's money... Got all the gold, blah, 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 right? Yeah. The whole time his back's to the hard camera. <laughs> so once he's done, he turns around and he's talking to, you know, the, the hard camera there, right? Yeah. And uh, Kyle says, I'm glad you finally found the hard cam. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Tyrus is dying laughing at that. And he pats him on the head. He said, Kyle, you okay? You need some sunglasses because there's a lot of bling out here. <laughs> uh, but Otison uh, took on Ryan Davidson, who is one of Luke's top guys uh, down at Wildcat. Uh, had a really good showing against Otison. Otison pick up, picks up the win. In the main event, it was uh, with what Aaron Stevens did at the pay-per-view by not unmasking or fully getting to unmask. Uh, his question mark that lost the match, which we all know is Rodney Mack. They told him that they would suspend his manager's license. The hell you say? What? That's not Rodney Mack. No, fuck, it ain't. It ain't no more. We'll get to who Rodney Mack is now in a minute. That's the goddamn question mark. But they tell Aaron Stevens they will suspend uh, his manager license uh, if he does not face his former tag team championship partner in Kratos. Uh, he stalls around, ends up jumping Kratos. Uh, then he says, ah, it's okay. Wrestler's license are good for two years. I'm good. They have a pretty good match. Steven's wrestling in the, uh, what he manages in the button up, the slacks and all that. 
Right. That was hilarious. Uh, Kratos gets the victory by DQ when a new masked black tag team hits the ring. They're in all black gear and all black mask. Doom? I'm assuming they didn't say a name. I'm assuming that's what they're going with. But it is the team of Rodney Mack and Marche Rocket, who used to be with the uh, Idol Sports Management. But I'm looking at them as uh, they, it looks like they're going to be a new Doom tribute tag team. Nice. Uh, but they beat them down. And NWA Hard Times 3 from Chamolette, Louisiana, right outside of New Orleans, ran in conjunction with uh, our buddy Luke Hawks, his Wildcat Sports Entertainment. Uh, pre-show match were... Was it where we at? There we are. Number one contenders match for the NWA World Television title. Big Strong Mims defeats Anthony Anders- Andrews. Anthony Anderson. That'd be funny. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That'd be great. Wildcat Sports Tag Team titles. Slime. Sizzling. Bukudo and Jace Bade defeated the miserably faithful of Sauronaro and Gags the Gimp. Uh, hardcore Team War. Anthony Mayweather, JTG, and the Pope defeated Jack Stane. Alex Taylor, who was subbing for a injured uh, Magic Jake Dumas. Jake Dumas. And Makedio. And on the positive note, CJ was still out there for the whole match. Yes, she even presented the winners who were the babyface tag team. The other team won. (laughs) Last match on the pre-show was for the vacant NWA World Television Championship with no time limit. Jordan Clearwater defeated AJ Kazana to win the vacant title. First match of Hard Times 3 was the Voodoo Queen Casket match as Maxi Impaler with Father James Mitchell defeated Natalia Markovo, Markova when they opened the casket and our buddy Sal was hiding in there and Impaler gives her a, what was it, Alabama Slam, wasn't it? It was something on top of that casket. Alabama Slam. Oh, it was the uh, Wasteland. Oh, yeah. Wasteland, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Next, we had <laughs> probably the best wrestling match of the show for the MLW Open Weight Championship. Davey Richards defeated Colby Carino. Yeah, it was a damn good match. Colby declines to shake Carino's hand, keeping the heel gimmick intact, which I love. Next, we had the mask versus the mask match. Question mark two with Kratos defeated question mark one. Rodney Mack with Aaron Stevens. Uh, we just said Stevens didn't. Let the face be shown. He covered it up with a towel, and they ran to the back. Uh, for the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship, Kerry Morton, on his second attempt, defeats Homicide to become the new World Heavyweight Champion, or World Junior Heavyweight Champion, making him and his father, Ricky, the first father and son duo to ever hold the World Junior title. Hell yeah. We was doing good on the predictions. Do what? I said we was killing it on the predictions. Yeah. Yep. Uh, our buddy Kyle Davis mentions a change of plans for Otison, who's originally scheduled to face that piece of shit, Nick Aldis. <laughs> and we're trying to figure out who it is, and then we were all surprised and happy with who came out. Uh, one of our favorites, uh, we drank some beer with this guy, Thrill Billy Silas Mason. Hell yeah. Has shaved his facial hair and come out looking like he was pulled out of Terry Gordy's ass. 
Goddamn. I'm talking about in the early '80s. Uh, that's one thing Cornette said on his podcast. They were talking about MJF being cast as Lance Von Eric, and he said, "Shit, that's worse than the way he's getting booked in AEW." (laughs) Said he's Gino Hernandez all day, (laughs) and then uh, they made the uh, the question of you know. Are the Freebirds going to be in the movie? And if so, who plays who? And then Brian Lath goes, yeah. How do you find a fucking guy that looks like Terry Gordy? And I'm thinking, shit, we found him. Right, no doubt. So I think I'm going to tweet it to Cornette and be like, you know, find a picture from the pay-per-view. And be like, dude, here, here's your fucking Gordy. And then just put Michael Hayes in the goddamn thing. We'll beat up the end So he can walk in and say, dude, dude, dude. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> Uh, you can find a Michael Hayes easy. You could take, uh, honestly, you take Jordan Clearwater, put some extension in his hair, and make him grow a beard. He'd be a perfect Michael Hayes. Let's see. Uh, Thrill Billy Silas picks up to victory over Odinson in a really good match. No, no Pollo Del Sol out there. Yeah, I don't know if uh, she couldn't travel to New Orleans or if she got stuck down on Bourbon Street or what happened, but no mention of her either. So, you know, maybe with a different look, maybe they're going a different direction with Silas. I don't know. With them still calling him the Thrillbilly, I think it's going to be kind of the same gimmick, just a different look to it. Maybe, maybe so. Next we had the... NWA National Heavyweight title as Scion defeated former NXT star. Well, he was at NXT apparently in 2014. <laughs> uh, Dak Draper. Uh, here's a here's perfect look. example. Dak Draper doesn't do it for me. But I still enjoyed the match because I like Scion. Right. And he, the Draper guy had a good look to him, but I mean, it wasn't one of those to where. To me, he kind of wrestled that early NXT style where everybody was a cookie cutter, the same guy. Right. That brings us to the NWA Women's World Tag Team titles as my buddy Kenzie Page and her partner Ella Envy, pretty empowered, defeated Missy Kate and Maddie when Missy Kate and Maddie started arguing. Up until this point, Josh and I had been perfect on our picks. Well, we all three said the same thing in this match that uh, we thought they were going to drop. The only they lost the titles was if uh, they split the girls up, the pretty and powered up, but they did the other team. Right, which was kind of crazy because you think, uh, you think they would want to work together to get that the big rub by getting the belts. Should I let Missy Kate rub me? Hey, now. Uh, next, this is where we lost our momentum, Josh. <laughs> yeah, we lost EC3, it. EC3 defeated Tom Latimer by disqualification. I don't hate that we were wrong there because that means they're going to continue that feud. And that you know being green. and that being the match you get wrong with it being a disqualification, you're like, eh, okay, no big deal. Right. I was I was content with that. Uh, we all got this next one wrong, too. For the NWA World Tag Team Championships, 
La Rebellion, Beastia 666, and Mecha Wolf with Damien 666. Defeated the Hawks RE of Luke and Big J Hawks. Uh, we really figured that the hometown boys would pick up the championships. But here's the good thing about NWA's TV. No spoilers get leaked. No. Like, the only way you knew spoilers from the Knoxville table was if you listen to our podcast. Right. But, so, maybe there was a rematch and the Hawks did pick up the titles. Uh, maybe, you know, PJ's going to go for a feud with Kerry over the uh, junior title. Not sure, but either way, it was an incredible fucking match. Uh, La Rebellion are fucking incredible. Oh, they're fucking amazing. As much as I like them in NWA, I think I'd like to see them make it bigger so they can have some matches with some of these guys up. Oh, I'd love to see them against the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Them against the Lucha Brothers, them against the uh, Usos. FTR. FTR, New Day. Uh, Acclaimed. Fuck yeah. (coughs) You know, and FTR could happen because they actually wrestle in AAA as well. Oh, fuck. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, we got this next one wrong too, Josh. NWA Women's World Championship. Uh, Camilla defeated Chelsea Green and Kylie King. Josh and Doc Kylan took it. I thought Chelsea would take it. Uh, Camille did tap out to Kylan. The ref didn't see it. Uh, Chelsea hits her finish on Kylan. She scoops out of the ring and then she turns around into Spear from Camille for the one, two, three. Uh, another really good match between these three women. Yeah, it was a fucking tremendous match, and I was surprised with the finish as well. Uh, before we go into the main event, uh, they announce a special guest, and out comes former Mid-South Tag Team Champion there in Louisiana, former NWA U.S. Champion, world-class champion, uh, one half of the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Bobby Fulton has uh, had throat, had had and beat throat cancer. So uh, he's, he's, his spurs sleep, his speech is slurred. And, uh, you know, it's hard for him to talk, but he come out and, Got a good five-minute promo. It was heartfelt. It was amazing. Uh, crowd ate off of it. It just loved to see Bobby getting the respect he deserves. Yeah, and I love that they do this at their big pay-per-views like this now. They bring somebody back nostalgia-wise. <coughs> uh, hey, Regal fighting Ethan Page. Do what? Regal fighting Ethan Page. Oh, shit. What? Now he's hemmed up by the guns. Y'all should be on a Mox promo. Oh, yeah, we're on the Mox promo. Yeah. Okay, but no, uh, I like how they do the the throwbacks. I mean, having Tommy Rich and... Oh! This is going to be a huge pop. Hold on just a second. <laughs> Tommy Rich and Missouri. Them gun, them gun boys, are, they're stars. You'll see in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tommy Ridge at, uh, what was the last one? 74. Yeah. He was in Missouri. Who was it? Tommy Ridge and was it Barry Windham on the second night? Yep. 
That's what I thought. I couldn't remember 100%. And then, you know, doing that with Fulton there for the for hard times. Oh, it's going to be a big deal. with guys that make sense to that area. You know, Tommy was a mainstay there for Sam Muchnick in the St. Louis territory. Uh, Wyndham got his start there in the St. Louis territory, Kansas City area. Right. And, you know, uh, the Fantastic's biggest biggest run was probably in Mid-South. More people are going to know him from the run against the Midnight Express for the U.S. tag titles because it was on TBS and seen, you know, nationwide. But if you're a fucking mark like me, you remember him from the Mid-South run, from the w, the world-class run, and, uh, all that. And uh, in our main event, you had the NWA World's Heavyweight title, Trevor Murdoch defending against uh, former champion Matt Cardona and Tyrus. Tyrus picks up the victory, defeating Trevor Murdoch. So Matt Cardona has a gripe that he's still never been beat for the NWA World's Heavyweight title. Uh, Idol Sports Mania, Austin Idol, Jordan Clearwater, Scion, and Black G's celebrate with Tyrus, who is very emotional and openly weeping as the show goes off the air. I see, that's what I like to see, is emotion like that from a guy who's, you know, just happy and completely fucking excited to be in the position he's in. All around, you know, we great pay-per-views. That, to me, that's an A-plus. Like, they hit it out of the park. Uh, yeah. There's some finishes that I would like to see different, but like I said, they really don't have any other established women's tag teams right now, so why would you put it on a makeshift tag team? I get that. EC3 yeah. and top, it just means that angle can grow and go further. If you think about it, though, that wasn't really a makeshift tag team because they've tagged up before. Well, that's what I'm saying. They threw them together on a random episode of Power, and they beat the champs in a non-title match. If you think back to to 74, they kind of teamed up in both of the women's things that they did. The the Queen Bee match on night two, and then the... uh, the number one contenders deal on night one. Yeah, the Burke. Yeah. Yeah, but I still, you know, to me, that's still a makeshift tag team. They've not been established, you know what I mean? Right. They had, they had that to one night, then one episode of TV to build them up. But I think they hold those for a while. Uh, EC3 and Tom, that keeps going. Uh, I'm not mad at Camille keeping the title, just like I said with Mandy Rose. The run's working, why change it? Right. And then, you know, Kylan, you know, I bitched about her doing jobs on AEW a few months ago. You know, right after, well, this pay-per-view, leading up to this pay-per-view, she did jobs on TV. Right. They'll see, you know, whatever they're doing, They just she just lost her belts on Impact. Do you really want to make your product look less thin by putting over people that are doing you know, a job on another company or just lost her belts at another company. All right, Chelsea dropped the belts because her and Deanna's going to go to WWE. Probably. I see that happening. I hope if they go, they keep them together. I hope they would keep them together. That'd be a badass tag team to have in their what? women's division. And you need tag teams. Exactly. Well... That's all the results we got. And you get Chelsea and Deanna back up there. That opens the door for Cardona and Macklin to go back. I don't know. 
bring Maglin back. Dude, the shit he's been doing in Impact, I'd bring him back. Yeah, but I think he's going to have to do it on a bigger level. Or be pushed stronger, you know what I mean? But bring him in, let him go through NXT so they can give him that big push. Let him be the one to take I think the girls are ready to go to the main roster. Agreed. I think they are. But you bring uh, Macklin in and let him be the one to take the belt off Breaker? I think they need to do that soon. Kid's ready for TV. Agreed. Agreed. Like, to me, you could have... You could have Roman issue an open challenge. He could answer the challenge incredibly beat Roman. Yeah, I think he could too. I mean, it's one of those. He hit a standing Frankensteiner on Von Wagner. Damn. Wagner's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, yeah, he's he's a big boy. That's uh, Wayne Bloom's son. Right. Or... I think he was Bo Beverly. Goddamn Beverly Brothers. Bo, or, he was one of the Beverly Brothers. I can remember he was Bo or Blake. Wagner's a goddamn Beverly son. And actually, the uh, contract signing the week before, or the Grayson Waller show the week before, was the first time he's ever acknowledged that he was second generation. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> he said, I'm second generation, but I didn't use my family to get where I'm at. I'm like, actually, you kind of fucking did, but, you know, in a roundabout way. <laughs> but it worked for Breaker because they were wanting to put his family in the Hall of Fame. Right. So it worked out perfectly. But that's uh, that's all I got for results. So uh, let's run over Saturday one more time, and then we'll come back with our topic. I'll let you tell them what topic we've come up with. But uh, this coming Saturday, November the 19th, Andrew Germain. You guys know him as Drew Gates' 41st birthday. We will celebrate with the first annual Drew Game Memorial Tag Team Tournament. Eight hand-picked tag teams from all around the area. It's not just, you know, local to Dalton, Chatsworth, and North Georgia. I've got teams coming. I've got a guy coming from Alabama uh, to manage a team from Atlanta. I've got guys coming from Knoxville. We've got guys coming from Blue Ridge. We've got guys coming from all over for this tournament uh, to pay tribute to Drew. Uh, we will have our first four qualifying matches. The winners of those four matches will go into a four-way elimination match at the end to crown the inaugural Drew Game Memorial Tag Team Champions. Uh, the winners, unless it is the prophecy, We'll win a number. We'll win a future tag team title shot. If the prophecy wins, they will get to pick their next opponents for the tag titles. We will also have RCW Heavyweight Championship match. Alex Michaels will defend against Zach Die, and then a Drew Game style first blood match. To make that make sense, is you have to make your opponent bleed, and then still get the three count. Chris Payne finally gets his shot at Jake Murphy with no rules for the RCW No Limits title. This all happens at the Tabernacle of North Georgia Wrestling. Uh, bell time is 8. Doors open at 7. Adults are 10. Kids are 5. We offer police, fire, military discounts. Ask about our family four-pack and save you some money. 
If you don't ask for it, we will not give it to you. You have to specify you want the Verlander, just want the AL Cy Young. Nice. You have to ask for it, and then you can take that money you saved and use it at the Renegade Diner to get you a cold, or you might need a warm drink this weekend. You will definitely need a warm drink this weekend. And a snack, but uh, it's going to be cold outside, but the action inside the tabernacle is going to be hot. Uh, we got a lot of stuff planned this week. It's uh, it's going to be great wrestling. It's going to be fun. Uh, we've got guys that are just showing up that aren't even booked to hang out just to be there for this show. Uh, it's going to be good catching up with a lot of these guys. Jason and I haven't seen in years. Agreed. Uh, going to be good to fellowship with them and to tell stories and you know take a shot of vodka for Drew uh, eventually in the night. And uh, you know we look forward to seeing you all out there. Uh, stay tuned to Georgia Wrestling History tomorrow. Uh, our Facebook. Uh, I don't know if Josh is still with us, but I'll make sure he posts it on our Facebook page too. But uh, Rob, who does our reports from Georgia Wrestling History, is doing a couple previews for us that will be up tomorrow. Uh, I'll get with him and uh, share those on uh, social media. You guys can stay up to date. Uh, if you're on social media and you follow any of us, please share the flyer, get the word out, uh, bring your mom and them. You're going to pay for the whole seat, but only going to need the edge. Don't miss it. Be, Be there. there. That was for you. Oh, I know. I know. And totally, uh, share it with everybody. We want this place packed out, not just for us that are getting in there in the ring and doing our shit, but <laughs> just for the memory of Drew. Right. And, you know, this is something. I'll put a post up uh, later this week about it, but this is something Drew and I, Drew and I have wanted to do for years, so. Uh, you know, I've told the story on here before about the dream. And well, you and I have talked. Everything fell into place. And, you know, here we are. We're at, uh, we're at, you know, basically we're at the zero hour point. Well, you and I had talked before, even, you know, years ago prior to Drew's passing. And, you know, prior, uh, even before we got, you know, back to hanging out with Drew. Right. I uh, talked about wanting to do a tag team tournament and, you know, even trying to get in touch with NWA and be like, hey, we want to do a Crockett Cup. Right. Just because it was something that we, you know, we grew up on it, but our love is tag team wrestling. Right. And so for it to finally come to fruition, uh, the only the only thing I hate is that I'm not able to, to suit up and be in the ring with you for this one, but... Uh, Trust me, I'm there. Oh, trust me. I know you are, buddy. I'll be sitting in Gorilla all night. Gorilla. Oh, Gorilla. So uh, tell them what we're going to talk about in just a minute. I think this will be a pretty good topic of discussion. Yeah, whenever we come back from this break, we're going to talk about, hell, something else we used to do back in the day. Probably something that kept me out of a lot of trouble, and that's uh, wrestling action figures. Yeah, something we used to use to come up with spots. No doubt. <laughs> You, that, and you flipping McKenzie around when she was yeah. tiny. A little shit. <laughs> oh. Well, all right, yeah. guys, we're going to take a break. About, uh, you know, with the age difference, you know, what figures we were we had available to us when we were playing, what other kind of figures you used in your, your wrestling uh, imaginary fed, and, how you booked and all that good stuff. So, uh, 
we'll be back in a minute with that. Yeah, guys, uh, we'll be right back. Uh, hold tight and just listen to these nice little sounds that you're going to hear in between these segments. Your pal Sour Noro Turn the Buckle Podcast. It's the best. <laughs> no, seriously, it's the best. We are back and better than ever for this segment because we're talking about something that I've had more than 30 years of experience dealing with. I still deal with it. I really don't much anymore, but... Oh, I do. I don't have a whole lot left now. Like, I've got a Rio with a women's belt, uh, jazz wares that my old boss Matt bought me at r and I've got the original 1A Cody release uh, before they fixed the tan. <laughs> I've got a Tupac figure. I've got a Lance Archer figure that my kid bought by mistake. That's hilarious. I've got the first uh, FTR figure with AEW. And then my favorite one I've got is the AEW Brody Lee at negative one two-pack. Hell yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah. Uh, somewhere, I don't know where it's at. I think it's still in a box, but I've got AJ's first WWE figure too. Nice. Uh, like I said, I used to collect, well, you know that, when we lived together. Oh, yeah. Uh, I used to get all the Maddie collectibles and uh, hate that I ended up selling a lot of those. But to be honest with you, I sold all those figures and all my Jordans I had at the time to keep UEW going. So nobody can tell me I didn't love the product. Yeah, no doubt. But I guess I'll start since I'm oldest. Uh, I never had any of these, but the oldest wrestling figures uh, known to man come out in like 1982-ish. Uh, they're called Popies or Poppies, depending on how you say it. Uh, they were Japan-only figures. Uh, you had like Mil Mascaris, Giant Baba, Stan Hansen, uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, the Hulk Hogan's a rare hard one to find. It was actually on a mis- uh, misprinted card. The card on the back was Mil Mascaris. Which is apropos because neither one of them did the yobs. No yobs. Uh, never had those. Never knew anything about those. Um, the first figures I remember um, come out in 1985. Uh, that was the AWA Rimco figures. Okay. Um, you know, they were... Everybody was all had the same body type. You were all muscled up. They had a flabby body that they used for Jimmy Garvin, Terry Gordy. There was actually two Gordys. There was a flabby and a muscular body. Yep. Uh, Jerry Blackwell was a flabby body, and Abdullah Butcher was a flabby body. I used to have uh, a flabby body Gordy. I had flabby and muscular, but uh, this is how old I am. There used to be a store called Zayers. I used to love Zayers. Uh, Zayers in Chattanooga was the gold building downtown across the street from it. Or where the East Ridge Flea Market used to be years ago. Yep. Uh, over by the old Captain D's. 
And I remember when you walked in, if you walked in the front doors, uh, you take an immediate left and the wrestling figure section was there. Uh, it was AWA based. So you had uh, Nick Bockwinkle uh, and Rick Flair in a two pack. You had the Freebirds in a three pack. You had the Road Warriors in a three pack with uh, Paul Ellery. No shoulder pads. They had the wrist gauntlets and the dog collar. Nice. Now, the, the cool thing about these figures were the accessories that came with them, like the clothes. Like, Stan Hansen actually had leather chaps, a leather vest, and a cowboy hat. Uh, Cruncher Blackwell had a fabric singlet. Carlos Cologne had a fabric singlet. Abby had fabric pants. Flair's ring robe was uh, made out of fabric <laughs> with fur on it. Bogwinkle's jacket and knee pads were fabrics. Um, Bockwinkle and Flair's two-pack came with a title, and the Road Warriors came with two titles. Uh, it was just a generic piece of rubber with two hooks in the back and stickers that made it look like the NWA 10 pounds of gold. How they got away with that being an AWA product, I don't know. But uh, they had referee figures. They had uh, thumb wrestlers. They had a belt that was shaped like the AWA title that had a holder on the three plates to hold figures. They had a battle royal play set where it was a brown ring. Uh, screen printed everything on the ring. I had the red steel cage ring accessory. It had an opening door. I uh, had a lock that went on the door. It was it was awesome. So that was my first. Um, and then I don't know if these are the rubber was Josh was talking about earlier. Then when we started shopping at Hills in Fort Oglethorpe, uh, they didn't have the AWA figures. You could only get the AWA figures here at, Zayer, at Zayers. Um, but they had these big, huge rubber WWE superstar figures. Oh, yeah. The, the last one that you could stretch them all the way around? No, I never did the stretch figures. No, I'm these a, were a... these were like like the Jesse Ventura that I've got in there now. The They were closed like that. Yeah, they were in a pose. Yeah, Hogan was kind of doing the double bicep pose, and I. But he had his knees bent, so he was perfect for the body slam and leg drop. Yeah, I. Bundy just had like his arms out, like yeah, like this, like muscle man pose almost. Jesse Ventura's in the bicep with the other arm down. Steamboat boats hit the wrestling pose like the Iron Claws. Cheeky Baby's got one arm on his hip, placing the other arm. Uh, they were not very playable, but they were awesome. Oh, yeah. And they had this big, huge ring that had uh, cartoon aprons on it that had, like, the cameraman and all that with it. Um, with those, they did have tag team two-packs. You had, like, Billy Jim and Hogan were a team. The Dream Team, which was Beefcake and Valentine, were a team. I had the Dream the Team two-pack, and I had the uh, Bulldogs two-pack. You had the Bulldogs. You had the Heart Foundation. You had Sheik and Volkoff. Those came with the same title. <laughs> the Hogan came with a world title, which was essentially the big green belt. Uh-huh. But the strap was painted black. And for the tag belts, the straps were painted brown. Uh, those ended up going from 85-ish 
until 1989. Uh, 1989, they're the exact same style figures, but they're not made by glue or by LJN. They're actually made from Canada, and they're on black cards. Uh, that set had Big Boss Man, Million Dollar Man, uh, The Warlord, um, The Ultimate Warrior, and they were Canadian-only releases. So if you can find them now, like a guy just posted a lot of the, the whole collection. Uh, the Warrior is in rough shape, and it's still $300. Oh, wow. <clears throat> They come out with a cage accessory for that. It was the big blue cage. <coughs> I love that. Um, see, at that time, they also had thumb wrestlers. See, I had a bunch of those big LJN figures. Uh, and I had the big square ring. I had the big square ring. But I was the one that never wanted to put my toys up. Uh, and it was one late night. My dad was walking through and he wound up stepping in the middle of the ring and broke it. Like, it put a big crack down the middle of it. Oh, yeah. So you could still play with it, but I, just, I like, put duct tape on the top of it so it looked like an indie uh, ring. Like an indie, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like the original UEW campus. Yeah, so I had an indie ring without knowing what the fuck an indie ring was. Right. Back then, it was an outlaw ring. Right. Uh, but at that time, like I said, they had the thumb wrestlers, which essentially you stuck your thumb up their asshole in their back. And yeah. you thumb wrestled with the character on your thumb. And they had what Josh was talking about with the, with the stretch wrestlers. Basically think of the toy stretch Armstrong and just, you know, change his appearance to the WWE superstars at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, um, yeah, I'm really into wrestling now, full force. Like, it's, it's everything I can think of. So, um... I met. Amazing, you're good. It may have been a Walmart at that time. I think Hills was already closed <coughs> by the time these came out in '89. But I remember seeing new wrestling figures and not knowing anything about the LJNs being canceled. I just knew that, you know, you could buy them in the back of magazines, the after mags, but I didn't see them in stores anymore. So now here comes the Hasbro figures. Yep. And this is going to be anybody that's my age, uh, mid to late 30s, will remember Hasbro. Uh, Hasbro were probably, what, four and a half inch figures? Yeah, probably so. Four and a half, five inch. They weren't big at all. Yeah, hard plastic. Uh, doesn't really look like the guys. Uh, they've all got some kind of... Uh, spring-loaded move built into them yep uh, uh they have the beautiful blue ring that came with the winged eagle uh the tv monitor and the american flag there's also a second ring that is yellow that is very hard to find comes with the exact same accessories except king of the ring stickers and that run that went too. from 89 until 90, early 96, late 95. But they released everybody <laughs> in the line. The only thing they didn't do that LJN did was LJN did release the referee. They released Miss Elizabeth. They released managers. They released the announcer and Mean Gene and Vince McMahon. Yeah, I had Hasbro released none of that. It was just all talent. 
Yeah, I had the Mean Gene figure. That was one of my. That was one of my favorites. He would hit you with the microphone. Yeah. Uh, Josh, do you have any of those? Which ones? The Hasbro. The Hasbro. Oh yeah, figures. I had I had loads of Hasbro figures. Hasbro's and Jacks were the ones that I had. Well, that's where we'll go. Uh, actually, next we'll cross over into the other company. Uh, at this time, WCW has had. Uh, NWA has zero figures other than like the random Ric Flair that was in the AWA Remco set still for whatever reason. I, I don't know that one. Uh, I mean, you had a Jimmy Garvin. Uh, you had the Freebirds. You had a Zabisco. Uh, all the NWA. But as far as their own toy line, you didn't have it until 1990, 91-ish when the Galoob brand come out with the WCW figures. Now, their ring was badass for a kid because it was uh, it was built like a studio ring, like a small ring. It wasn't high like the other WWE rings at the end of this time. But it had a working ring belt on the side of it. It had a launch post on the turnbuckles, and it came with a steel cage. Nothing else at that point had come with that. And the figures were kind of across to me between the LJNs and the Hasbros because they were smaller in scale like the Hasbros, but they were featured in a pose that you couldn't change like the LJNs. Right. Uh, they all come with a WCW a big gold belt on them. It was just a gold belt that said WCW and has some uh, floral patterns on it. But here's the funny thing about that. If you look, You'll see, like, the Steiner brothers have no knee pads. Barry Windham's figure, if you'll look, the knee pads are over his boots. The first run of Doom is in jogging pants and legit tennis shoes that have a Nike swoosh on them. Oh, shit. That's what they wore to the photo shoot. So the toy designers made what they were wearing for the photo shoot. <laughs> That's the awesome. talent were told... Just go there so they can get scale and size, and then they'll add your gear. Well, they didn't. So, like I said, Bo Steiner, or Scotty Steiner has no knee pads. Barry's are over his boots. Doom's in gray sweats and Nikes. And then after the first run, they got in trouble by Nike, so it's just plain white tennis shoes. But you have the classic baby blue uh, trunks and boots flare, uh, the blue sting, the blue trunk luger. A uh, red white trunk on with and without a bald spot. There was two different variations. Nice. Uh, the Barry, the Hillberry, the Sid, uh, the Doom, the Steiners, uh, Pillman and Tiger, uh, Z-Man with no knee pads. And then you had some UK exclusives that were repaints. And then you had some UK onlys that showed up, which was the very first figure ever of Ricky Morton, PN News, the fabulous Freebirds, and El Gigante and Big Josh, and Dustin Rhodes. But those are only UK exclusives, and those are hard to find. Right. And when you do, you lay your satchel down for them. But uh, going to what Josh said next, same concept. Now, at this time in 96, I'm 18, graduating from high school, but I still love pro wrestling. So I'm at a Walmart one day. 
Uh, still didn't know Hasbro's were gone. Didn't know Jack's had the license now. I walk in and Hall and Nash have already defected to WCW, right? Right. So I see a set of things called WWE Superstars. It's a badass Shawn Michaels. It's got the mullet, the dangly earrings, the turquoise heart trunks, you know, the broken hearts, his motorcycle boots. I find a Bret Hart in the pink and black, a gold dust. I think it was uh, Undertaker. And then a uh, razor and a diesel. And they're already in WCW. And I remember that day when I found Series 1, I bought one of each. And then uh, slowly but surely, they released a ring, which is, the first ring was called the Monster Ring. Do y'all remember that? No, I don't. I don't think I remember that. God, the first ring that Jax released was the Monster Ring which was the exact same ring from LJN, just painted black with red ropes to represent Raw's War. Nice. Now, in this run, they released absolutely everybody that was on the roster. Uh, this is the height of the Attitude Era. Uh, we can't go, we can't begin to go over what all Jax did. Uh you know, but Jax, to me, was the best storyline WWE had until they got the Mattel license. Uh, Jax would go from these were BCAs, bone-crushing bone action. You remember that, Josh? I remember I those. Remember those. You, that was the original Jax. You could bend the knee, bend the arm, and there's some little you gimmick in that makes it sound like the bones are crunching. I remember I thought it was cool because you could actually... Uh, they were rubber and plastic, but the legs were the rubber part. So you could actually put them in the sharpshooter and the figure four, and uh, you can get Shawn Michaels' leg up for the super kick. Uh, they end up releasing everybody, in, you know, referees. They released cameraman figures. Uh, Jim Ross had a figure. Uh, Honky had a figure. Everybody had a figure. Then they'd release. Uh, different sets, like they had that badass <laughs> champion set that had um, Undertaker with a winged eagle, Owen with the Intercontinental, one of the tag titles. I'm sorry, Rocky Maivia, Babyface Rock with the Intercontinental title, still wearing the blue gear. Owen with a tag title, uh, Davey with a tag title, and the European title. Uh, that's that's my favorite set they ever released from Jax. They did it again later. And they said, you'll remember this one because when we lived together, you still had some of the belts. They were like the, uh, I think it was like Stone Cold with a Blue Eagle belt, Mankind with a Hardcore, the New Age Outlaws with the tag titles. But it was just like uh, the rubber with the belt kind of printed on it. Yeah. Yeah, not real in-depth, but. Jax to me was incredible and then after the BCA they switch over to the Titan Tron Live you guys remember that yeah I I remember getting that and thinking <laughs> and it was the coolest shit because it's like it plays it's own dream music you don't have to do well Drew and Piper were living together and uh, I bought a Titan Tron and we ended up leaving it over there set up at their house on display uh, you know, it would, you know, you put the little thing on, it would play the music and all that stuff, and the guys, to me, that shit was great. 
Uh, and then later into the run is when they did like the rulers of the ring and had that badass Billy and Chuck two pack, uh, the draft set. Uh, <clears throat> now the Titan Tron, that was one of my favorite things as a kid. I remember when it first came out, you could get the figures and they had the little metal pieces on the bottom of the foot. You'd put it on the metal piece on the Titan Tron, like I said, to play their music. And I just thought that was so damn cool as a kid. And I wore that some bitch out to the point where it took me, it would take me 10 minutes at one time just to get their music played. I wouldn't have my match until the music played. Some of the figures were horrible, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were all horrible. <clears throat> well, the first, it was just like they were misproportioned. Like, their arms were as long as their legs and shit. <clears throat> you know, but they cleaned it up with the later runs of that. Now, at this time, WCW has re-released figures from, well... Yeah, they did it first. Uh, from original San Francisco Toy Makers, which are basically reproductions of an LJN-style figure. Do you remember those? I know you do, Jason, because you had Sergeant Craig Pittman when we lived together. Yeah. Uh, it was big rubber WCW figures when Hogan came in. I had the, uh, uh, I had Craig Pittman, I had Sting, I had the WCW Hogan red and yellow WCW figure. WCW Hogan came with a... Uh, it's really weird because it came with a WCW world title, but it was the non-big gold WCW world title. That right. Never had. Uh, they had those rubber figures. Then after that, WCW switched to still made by San Francisco toy makers, but the vibrating figures. I had. You remember those, Josh? I don't know if I do or not. Had the little red button on the side. You'd they squeeze and they would like the, Oh, yes, yes, rubber yes. LJM, but they were plastic and had, you know, they had a Benoit and everything. They had the <coughs> button on the side and they'd vibrate. I had Sting, Hall, and Nash, and Hogan in those, I think. <coughs> yeah, he lost them when he left the black hole. I lost a lot of things when I left the black hole. Uh, that was just a joke, but they had those. And then if you remember, they went to the smaller... Hard plastic. I lost those uh, in the black hole. Yeah. They had the hard plastic, like, five-inch WCW figures, but it still used the same low-boy shitty ring from the uh, big rubber figures. So, you know, Jax is still doing WWE during this run, and then WCW signs with uh, Marvel Toy Biz which to me was some of their greatest figures. It was like they had that line tamer Jericho. You remember that one? Yep. Uh, the Chronic 2-pack, the Jeff Jarrett there at the end of days. Uh, those were some great figures. They were hard to get because, you know, they didn't really stock them a lot uh, around here. But one thing that did come out of that last run of figures from Marvel was the WCW Nitro play set. You guys ever seen it? I saw that one. I never did. <coughs> I never did get it. See, I don't it remember was, that. Cause that was such a big WWE guy. I never, you never really seen had Jason. a WWE ring. It's got the the whole entrance stage, ramp, everything, commentators table, ring, with the uh, fucking four pillars over it, like a WrestleMania style ring, where Sting could rappel in. It's uh, it was great. Then they created a Bash at the Beach set that actually floats on water. Oh, shit. Nice. Uh, and you can't forget, too, uh, this is probably my favorite toy line of all time. 
just because it was so limited and I was such a fan of the production and the product. But in 1999, ECW Signs was the original San Francisco toy makers to release their first line of action figures. I had all of them. I had all the first series. Uh, I had some to say. I didn't get the re-releases like Dreamer in a fucking yellow shirt or anything like that. No, I didn't get the re-releases. I had all... Everybody that was released as a for, for their first time in the line, the... Yeah. Now, I did get the Candido re-release, though, because it was Candido. You know, the original Candido was in black, had the baby blue socks. <coughs> like, yeah. The uh, second release was the yellow and black for the triple threat. Nice. But with that, I would use my WCW Marvel Toys Bigelow because it fit perfect with those figures for my triple threat. But they also had what they called a hardcore accessory pack. They had the ring, the cage, a bunch of chairs, tables, barbed wire, all that stuff. Do you remember that? I remember that. I didn't get the ring. I didn't get the accessory pack because I already had a ring. I didn't have the ring. At that time, I was just collecting. I wasn't playing anymore. But that's when I was with uh, the Brandy girl that lived in Brainerd. Yeah. And her dad's girlfriend's son really got into wrestling. So he got all that stuff. So I could play with it when they, when they come over. Hell yeah. Uh, then that'll take us to 2010 when, well, no. Before we go there, you've got TNA getting their line of toys. Uh, first with Marvel Toy Biz, and like I said, that was my favorite run of those. Uh, they were kind of set up like the old superhero figures, that style. I think they were six-inch, articulated, had plenty of movement. Right. Uh, once WWE left and went to uh, Mattel, where they're still at currently, that left uh, Jack's open, then WWE, or TNA signed with them, and they made some badass figures, like uh, a lot of great TNA figures. But my favorite set they did was like a throwback set. It was Hogan, uh, Ichiban Hogan from New Japan. Oh. Memphis Law or Memphis Jared in trunks. Terry Taylor from Mid-South. Uh, Steen from, uh, you know, Surfer Steen. Which takes me back to WCW Toy Biz had an evolution of Sting set. Do you remember that? I do remember that one. I remember they. Uh, yeah, Lewis had it forever. Yeah. And that four uh, pack of the Four Horsemen they had that was the. Uh, the Four Horsemen, uh, Benoit, Malenko, Art, and Flair. Nah, it was uh, Flair. Big Michael. It was Flair, Mongo, Benoit, and. Dean. Dean Malenko. Yeah, because that's when Arnhead was just doing the managing. I do remember that because Mongo was so much bigger than everybody. Right. It was like Mongo was the size of all the other three put together. Yeah, you want to say here it comes. But that Malenko was a badass figure. It was. <laughs> now, in that run, WCW had some what the fuck were you thinking ideas, in my opinion. Do you remember the grip and flip wrestlers? I was just about to say the ones with the magnets in the hands that you'd squeeze yeah. the legs and then throw them over. Uh, Wardlow had, posed, had talked about it, uh, to Smart Mark that the one figure he wanted growing up was the Hogan Goldberg Griffin Flips. Oh. He, found him, he found him at a toy store for like two bucks and gave them to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that'll take us to Mattel picking up the uh, rise of WWE figures in 2010. And well, before that, we got to talk about Jack's uh, release in the Legends line because that was uh, that was epic at that time to have all these legends released, you know. Get me in the shower. <coughs> That's funny shit. Get me in the shower. No, she's already been in and out of the shower. But she used uh, up all the hot water. She used up all the hot water. Jennifer was gonna go shower. I bet her nipples are hard. I don't know. You want to go see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. You got to think about that. Jacks releasing the Legends line. That was epic. Oh yeah, I remember that line. That was amazing. And then you go to Mattel, and you know, like I was talking about the Matty Collectibles. All that was was exclusive Legends, like you know the Von Erichs. Uh, I got the. The Kevin, the Carrie, and then Carrie's Texas Tornado, the old school Eddie Guerrero, that badass Bigelow I had. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dr. Death Steve Williams, it was actually a good figure. Uh, the Free Birds and the Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express, that Jack's legend. But uh, Mattel makes any and everything now. Uh, something gets over on TV. Uh, you know, that car that Bron destroyed <coughs> through everywhere. They made that. They made the fucking amulets that Bron destroyed. So yeah. uh, they're killing it. Then you switch over to uh, AEW. Uh, they're made by Jazzwares, which is owned by Jeremy Padauer, who was the president of Jax when they had the WWE and TNA line. So uh, that was great for them. Uh, you've got Super 7 making <laughs> figures that are the most awesome articulated figures in the world they also made cardona and myers figure that has its figure there's a picture of cardona holding his figure and his figure holding his figure it is yeah, crazy awesome. uh but then you've got all the stuff that cardona and myers and smart march groups making now You've got all these little throwback companies doing Rimco and Hasbro style figures. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like there's so many figures out there now. But an interesting take is what else did you use for wrestling figures? Like for me, I was a big He-Man fan. Uh, He-Man made a great Lex Luger. You take some model car paint, paint the little loincloth black. Paint his boots white, take some electric tape from the garage and put it around his knee pads, take a little white out pin and put a little check on it for like a trace knee pad. Right. So I had a Luger. But I would also, I had uh, the Chuck Norris figures. Y'all probably don't remember them. I don't think so. No, I don't remember Chuck Norris the figures. The Chuck Norris cartoon uh, had some badass ninjas. <laughs> they, were, they were my jobbers. Yeah. Uh, Karate Kid figures. Do you remember the Karate Kid set from Remco? I remember them. I never had them. I had a bunch of those. But what I liked the best was um, you would go to the Dollar General then. Uh, I don't. Yep. And they had these dollar figures. Um, 
they were really cool and they had belts and they had rings and you know of course you had the knockoffs that looked like the you know the real figures but i didn't care for those i liked the ones that were just made up characters like i remember i had this badass ring it was it was just a piece of plastic it was red it had two uh, luchadors in the center it had red posts it had little turnbuckles that are like the little bracelets our kids make yep and then just your ropes uh <laughs> And they had like these figures with the belts. Like I said, they look like the NWA World Tag Titles. So I would use those. I would use E Men. Uh, you know, Power Rangers was after I was really playing. So, you know, mine was basically like He Men because there was a He Man that looked just like Bullet. He was hairy and everything. <laughs> but I would use that. Um, as far as making belts, uh, if I didn't have belts, I would take paper and money. Like a quarter would be my world title. A nickel would be my secondary title. Two dimes would be my tag titles. They just make it. So what do you guys uh, use for that? <clears throat> um, I, when I didn't have, before I got my collection built up, I would just have a couple. But my, my jobbers would be like my, my Captain America's, my Superman's, my Batman's, because they had superhero toys. Right. But one of the things that... I cherished my, other than my Titan Tron, I was really into the backstage brawls uh, play sets. Uh, I remember the first backstage brawl. Please tell me you had that stupid one that had the couch for no reason. Yes. And the one that had the toilet that you could press the button in the side of the toilet and it would flush. Yeah. And my cousin Chris, uh, he lived like, you know, where my house is, the White House with the red roof next to me. Yeah. He had, you know, this was after I had quit playing all this stuff come out. And I was like, man, we didn't have stuff like that when I was a kid. We didn't have folding chairs and tables. You know, my first ring was a ring my granddaddy made me out of wood and cardboard. Wow. Because, you know, the ring was like 50 bucks back then at that time. And, you know, I didn't have it when I was first starting to get figures, you know. And by the time Christmas got here, I got the ring. But, you know, in the meantime, he made me one. But we had to improvise on all our weapons. So, you know, Josh's age group come up to where y'all had all the cool stuff. You had the, you had tables that would break. You had chairs. You had ladders. ladders. You had you know, all that cool stuff. How would you stuff like uh, my cousins, you know, had dolls. You know, like you could find like a wooden chair in there and stuff like that. Yeah, Some I used to use the uh, the gimmicks that were in the pizza box to hold the box off the pizzas. It looked like the little table, like bistro tables. Yeah, I'd use those as like weapons and shit. Okay. Uh, any kind of any action figure I had that was about the same size, even roughly the same size. Right, because using... you could, you know, you could adjust for height and weight. Right, like. You're just going to play an LJ and he gets a Hasbro. Exactly. No, I was on a, uh, it was a trip to Alabama to see my grandparents. <laughs> and we were at the store and you remember the old troll dolls? Yeah. Well, these were fucking, uh, it was troll action figures, like for boys. I remember those. Because, you know, everybody's always like, oh, the troll dolls are for the girls. They got the little jewel in the belly and blah, blah, blah. Right. 
Well, these, it was actually, there were two of the troll action figures that were pro wrestlers. Okay. And I got, I got those. Uh, I had an old Skeletor that I used as a, one of my heels. Skeletor was the manager of one of my heel factions. <laughs> uh, uh, you remember the old Thundercats? Yeah. I had, uh, what was his name, lion <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I had that, used it. Uh, when I got older, they had the... Uh, Shit, what was it? Uh, the ICP figures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. You know, they weren't wrestling figures. They were actually ICP, just supposed to be music figures. But right. this is when ICP was in WCW and then going back and forth between them and WWE. So I used them as a, <coughs> I used them as a tag team. All right, you're talking about the dollar store wrestling figures. Uh Randomly at a fucking Dollar Tree for a dollar, I got a AAA Vampiro figure. Nice. Love Vampiro. <laughs> you still had it when we lived together. Yeah. Those right now, <laughs> they're AAA Kelly figures. They're hard to get and expensive. Yeah, I wish I still had a lot of those figures I used to have. I do too. Okay. Here's another question. I got two more questions, and we can wrap it up. All right. Did Did you customize? Yes. I did too. I took um, the dark haired kid from Cobra Kai okay. in the Karate Kid movie. Do you remember him? Yep. <laughs> uh, he's already in black pants. I took him and made boots on him. Uh, just by I put like tape around it, just painted it, and then painted his face. And that was my great Muda. Nice, because you know he had the gi that would come off, so that was my Muda. Uh, like I said, I already told you about the Luger. Um, there, you know, just many different ways I do it. Um, what about you guys? Do you customize any of your figures? <coughs> I wouldn't go. Uh, I didn't go as far as face painting stuff, but <clears throat> what I would do is. I would take, you know, the figures that came with, like, you know, gear, like, vest and boots and sunglasses and chains and stuff like that. I would mix them all up. Like, I think I had, because I think this was, this was, like, 99, so this was big in the money, not worth. I think I had, when I did Goldberg and Austin, I think I did, like, a rivalry between the two, and I had Goldberg coming out with Austin's gear and drinking his beer and stuff like that. But I'll tell you, some of my fondest memories, I remember when I used to go get my figures, I would go to Chickamauga. You go right across. Davey, sit down. I would go across the railroad tracks, and right there, and you turn on the left-hand side, there's a little general store. It's called Bill's. Bill's. I remember Bill's. I used to get a lot of figures at Bill's. Yes, that was my go-to place for figures. You go in the store, you go all the way into the middle aisle, and there's right there on the right-hand side. Just yep. all so many. I got my very first Austin there. I got my... First Taker there, Triple H, and... When I was a kid, that was a place you would get the knockoffs. They didn't care, you know, the the name brands at that time. But like I said, <clears throat> a lot of the name brands were my favorites because they came with belts, <laughs> came with spring jackets, and they came with... Kate. Like, there was this one that came out, and he looked just like Jeff Jarrett. So, 
know, that was my 80s Jeff Jarrett. Had the curly hair, uh, <laughs> the just long tights and white boots and a belt. So that was my Jared. And he had another one uh, that looked like Ricky and Robert. And then I just took string and tied it around my yarn and made bandanas for them. Right. And I probably had probably multiple rings. Some I broke, some I don't know what happened to them. I've had the blue cage. I had the gray cage. But my absolute favorite ring was the ring. It had the, the pillars that could connect from the bottom of the ring all the way up. And it would have a look a little mini Tron. And it had the little rope with the hook where you could hook it for your ladder matches. But it was also yeah. a tailing ring. Like, like you had you got your opponent down, you've covered him, and you would hear it count one, two, three. Of course, I wore that out within not too long and didn't stop doing that. But I, I remember when I first got that. It was, I was so excited. I didn't leave my room probably for d days. My favorite ring was the real scale ring where it had the real rope, <coughs> the real buckles, the real canvas, the real ring skirts, and you could interchange them. Yes. Right. Yeah, and you could make it a WWE ring or a WCW ring. That was my favorite one. But what about you, Jason? Did you customize? Yeah, uh, if I wound up getting, like, doubles of figures, like I had uh, two rocks... <clears throat> you know, for one reason or another, where I'd have one and get another one, or I'd get a set that had two in, you know. Right. Uh, like, the rock that was in gear, that was the rock, and then there was another one that was, uh, you'll probably remember it, it came with a, it was a black vest, looked like it was wearing tan pants. I love that rock. Well, after I got the rock that was in gear, that wasn't the rock anymore. He was the boulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And then uh, I had two. Somehow I got two of the same Scott Steiner figure, like the exact same Big Papa Pump. The white singlet? The white singlet. That's the one. I got one of them here that uh, Andy, the store manager, gave me at R&R. &R. Uh, one of them was, of course, Scott Steiner. The other one, I colored the white singlet completely black. And uh, I think I used to maybe use the whiteout pen and put, like, trim around or something. I can't remember exactly how I did it. Right. <coughs> and I think I changed the name to, like, Scrap Iron or some kind of bullshit like that. Right. Uh, my favorite one I, I had the uh, I had like four or five different sting figures so that one hard plastic WCW that you were talking about like not the the one the Hogan hard plastic ones right I, I changed that I put a Put a shirt on. Almost looked like a fantastic vest. I made it out of a uh, duct tape. Okay. I remember that when you had it at the house, too. Yeah. Uh, I had a Billy Gunn figure that I wound up putting a balloon over its head to make it look like it had a green mask on and called it the Degenerate. Nice. Because it was wearing the... It was wearing the shirt and pants. It wasn't in the Mr. Ass gear. Uh-huh. So it just said Degeneration X on the shirt. So that was the Degenerate. Uh, the other thing is just getting like 
you know, I like putting, making masked wrestlers if I had, <coughs> like I was saying, if I had more than one of something. Right. Like, I'd use, you know, electrical tape, duct tape, something, and make a mask on somebody and make it something yeah, else. Yeah, I'd do electrical tape and just cut out the, uh, the eyes and the mouth and then maybe take some model car paint and try to do, like, the spoiler mass superstar or something on them to set them out differently. Right. Now, what about booking? Um, I think mine, with me being as old as I am and, you know, not having all these figures that went in the same universe kind of like Josh did. Yeah. Mine was pretty much, I booked, you know, territory-wise. But I didn't book what I seen on TV. Like, I remember vaguely I created a York Foundation. Oh, wow. And I had a four horsemen group, too. And then I had the uh, York Foundation help the Four Horsemen. Like a month later on TV, the York Foundation helped the Four Horsemen. <laughs> so, you know, my little 12, 10, 12 year old hour I had at the time, I'm sitting there like we are when they do something we talk about on TV, mouth wide open. I'm like, oh, they're doing <laughs> what I thought. So, <laughs> battle royals were always a shoot. Right. I would put guys behind my back and just reach and pull. And then eliminations, I would close my eyes and just dump guys out. Yeah, mine, I would, uh, <clears throat> I would do the, kind of the same thing you're talking about. I had a lot of my figures were in a big duffel bag when I had them. When I, you know, uh, playing mine with were in a refrigerator box, if that tells you how many I had. Mine was in a big old blue tote. It was like a four-foot refrigerator box. Well, that's what I would do is just reach in and be like, okay, first person in this battle royal or first person in this or uh, I didn't have a whole lot of the different belts and stuff like that. So I would. I well, yeah, when out, we were younger, though, they really didn't have them. You had the, you know, like I said, you had the, the two that came with the LJNs. Uh, the NWA looking ones that came with the Remco's, but they were hard as fuck to put on. Right. But you'd break those in no time. And then, like, the dollar store had better belts than anything else after that winged eagle. So, you know, we kind of had to make our belts. Well, I found out that uh, you could take uh, Mardi Gras beads and twist them together. Uh -huh. Like, I found that out whenever a string of beads would break. They'd be like, oh, it's okay. And they'd take it and twist it together to make it stay. Uh, and you could twist them on and untwist them to open and close. So that's what I started using as belts. I did have a, I was a real big NASCAR fan at the time too. And I had like this Earnhardt set that had the Winston Cup with it. Uh -huh. And I would use that as a trophy for like if I did a King of the Ring or like a Crockett Cup. Nice. Because you know it was the perfect size for the wrestlers. Oh yeah. But yeah, I would do that. I had a blue... A blue belt that I used for a United States or for a yeah the United States title. I had a red that of course I used as a TV title. Right. Uh, I had white, purple, yellow, you know, just all different colors. So I would come up with different belts. Right. Uh, I had a green title. I or a green uh, necklace. I used that as the fucking. Uh, European title. Turn over to Gutfuls. There's tires with a world title. 
One of my most prized, I don't know if y'all had a prized figure that you cherish more than others, but one, and it hurts me to talk about this because I'll tell you what had happened. My most favorite and prized figure was my Owen Hart figure. And I got this literally, I think, after he had died. It was still in the box, never opened it. I think he was still wearing his Danger singlet. My I remember did. that one. Don't That's also don't, the Jim Carrey Don't open that. It'll be worth that. a lot of money one day. Keep it hid. And one they're, of the actually kids, they're actually not worth much. One of the neighbor kids that uh, I was I used to hang out with ended up stealing it. Because oh. I thought the same thing. Like when he passed, I bought the Blue Blazer figure. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I thought it'd be worth something. I think it's worth like seven bucks. <clears throat> Damn. <clears throat> and then another but, cool you know, thing. They were so massively produced at that point. Right. You know, like when Jason and I were growing up, they were a lot more limited. Uh, by the time they were mass produced, but I remember uh, I loved all the Owen figures, but the one you're talking about with a flat top and the danger singlet, mm -hmm. that is the exact same figure they used for the Jeff Jarrett don't tick me off or don't make me mad figure. That's crazy. They changed nothing about it except Changed the ta the singlet top into a tank top and painted it like Jared's trucks. Yep. Put it, put a goatee on it. That's crazy. Yep. He gave him a guitar. What about you, Josh? How would you book? You were in a different era. You had figures that coincided size wise uh, when you were coming up. For me, I I, I kind of did some stuff similar to y'all. Like depending on what kind of match I was having. I would, you know, just like if it was Battle Royals or Rumbles, I would just grab a few, and then I would just, I would do it that way. If I was doing, like, singles matches, what I would do is I would the I would put over whoever was getting the better reaction on TV or who I thought was cool because I was a kid, and a little kid. I didn't care. I didn't know no better. But what I would you book, cool. uh, like, uh, interpromotional matches? Uh, I did. I, I did. I did a lot. Um, I did Goldberg and Austin. That was my favorite. I, I did... Nash and Jericho. That was after Jericho was back in WWE. I did, uh, let's see. I did Sting and Taker. I still wish we could get that damn match. I'd still watch it today. Oh, I've seen it. Well, it was being pretty at the time, but I've seen it. <coughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <coughs> You know, being being an old eight, nineteen year old kid, I would be who I thought was cool or who I thought was who's getting the better reactions on TV. Yeah, because you had the you had the good fortune of your jacks are about the same size as the the WCW toy biz at the same time and all that. And I had a lot of uh, little accessories. I remember I kept losing my my belts and my my little side accessories and stuff like that. So my mom gave me this little heart-shaped tin that she used to keep her jewelry in. She put it in something else. She's like, here, take this so you don't lose your stuff because I'm not going to buy you no more. So I remember right. I opened that up. It had the rock sunglasses. It had Triple H's water bottle. I had microphones. I had little chairs. I had little stop signs. <coughs> I would do, like, interpromotional, like, intergender matches. I thought that was funny. I did, like, uh, I think it was, like, Lita and Austin. I had China and... The rock. That, that first China figure, she didn't move at all. No, she was all. That was the one I had. She, you couldn't do shit with her. Like you <laughs> could move her, her arms a little bit. You couldn't move the legs at all. 
How you how you could do with pedigree? Did she hit her arms in that bent back portion? Yeah, like this. Yeah. All right. We want to take a break before we pop and push, or we yeah, don't want to go into it. Okay, yeah, we'll take a break real quick, out. and uh, <coughs> we'll be right back to close the show out, guys. All right, guys, we are back to close the show out this week. Uh, we know we went a little long-winded, but we had we had NWA to talk about. We had wrestling figures that we got into a big discussion about that I wasn't expecting to go that long, but, hell, that was I mean, fun. That was fun, super fun. But we covered the history of it. I think the only thing I may have left was you've got the figures toy company that sells on WrestlingSuperstore.com. Yeah. <laughs> You've got all these other companies popping up now, like Chilla Toys, Zombie Sailor, uh, Asylum. Oh, I did forget the Power Town. We forgot about those, Jason. Which one? New throwback old school figures. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, first series, Luthez, Vern Gagne, Bruiser Brody, Magnum TA, and Kerry Von Erich. Uh, 45 bucks a figure, but they're so fucking awesome. Uh, I got a figure in here. I'm going to end up getting some of those. I can't swing it right now, so I had to buy the first series on the secondary market. But Power Town is a great throwback figure. Apparently, they've got like 250 guys. Uh, Legends already signed, so hopefully it'll turn around and be good. But Hell yeah. Yeah, it kind of went a little far with us. And don't forget, uh, on the way to RCW Saturday, the four of us have to make sure we ride together so we can do our predictions after Rampage. <clears throat> and I want to, yeah. um, let's do a Patreon video on a, on, on the way up there too, if we can. Do okay. A, I do a couple of road stories. I want to throw it on the Patreon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can throw this on the Patreon too, Jake. We'll just need Jason's phone to record it for the pod, but the four of us go ahead and do our picks for full gear. Um, we won't make the announcement of who won until Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. I kind of like to watch it fairly early Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, not super good. early, but, you know, 3, 4 o'clock, something like that. Because, you know, their pay-per-views go like four or five hours long. <coughs> right. So we watch it like three. We're ready to go to bed at eight, so I'm okay with that. But. Uh, that way, and remember, it's a fatal four-way. It's all of us against each other. Yep. Uh, and then the watch make no, whoever me. wins, and let's do whoever wins and comes in second goes uh, at war games. Okay. See, I was going to say the difference. I say whoever comes in first and whoever comes in last. First and last. Yeah. Well, your second would be your number one contender, though. Yeah, but the person that comes in last, it's the last one that we're doing this way. So it's like the <coughs> one last long shot, hoping shot in the dark. Okay, that's fine with me. First and last. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> there you go. And then the two in the middle. First and the last will go against. Uh, it's, the, it's the Ricky Bobby. For the, war games. We'll, uh, we'll do that hopefully on the podcast because, like I said, uh, I will be here to watch that one with you guys. I'll be out of town. Are we not? Are we not going to do the uh, NXT one? Deadline. That's what December. December tenth. December tenth. <coughs> uh, we could. We could, but that's still another one of those I haven't watched enough to really know. Well, it's going to be hard to pick with that main event anyway. Yeah. Or 
it might not be main event, but with that scramble match. Let's just watch it for fun. I was about to say, we may just do like NWA and watch that one for fun. Unless it's the 10th. Is that a, that's not RCW week. No, that's the second. No, I need the second. Alright, so. Who wants to go first on pop? I'll go, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go first. What are we going to do, Josh? Well, <clears throat> well uh, so today was my first official day in my supervisor role. Um, still a lot of stuff I've got to learn, but uh, they've got me into some of the – they got me into the supervisor's email, stuff that needed to be sent to the doctors, stuff like that. Um, they're coordinating everything so I can get trained on – how to fix up the doctor's schedules and change them if they're going to be out, if they're going to adjust their schedule, stuff like that. So they're training me on that. But, you know, my first day, you know, it was good. Um, we got another person that had a, we had an interview yesterday for one person. She said it went well. So we're hoping to have somebody, hopefully, to have three full people in there, hopefully over the next couple of weeks. Um, but, yeah, you know, <clears throat> I've got some, <clears throat> excuse me. I've got some stuff that I told them that ideas for to help make things easier, like guidelines for scheduling appointments, little cheat sheets um, with any questions that they may have. I've got it typed into the computer. I'm sending it to the one person that's already working. I'll have one in my computer to send to the new person that gets hired. But all in all, it seems to be going great. Everybody seems to be happy that I'm in this position. Um, <laughs> so. Huh? you have your own office no i'm still gonna be in the same area but you know i like it where i'm at you know i don't feel like at first i thought oh maybe i could get the desk that she was at but i was like you know what i don't think that's needed i don't feel like i'm watching over somebody and i feel like i'm because her desk was literally in front of all of us and we was in the side here but i I was like you know what there ain't no sense in doing that you know Uh, i mean just unless you fill up the space and have to move to that one right yeah, Congratulations, I think, man. I'm proud of you. Well, I appreciate that. I was super excited that they were going to give me that opportunity. And I'm going to make the best of it. Who wants to go next? You are wild as hell. You know uh, I'll go ahead and go. Mine, uh, honestly, all the hard work and everything we put into this uh, tournament this weekend. I'm is, so excited. That's going to be mine because, you know, it's one of those things. Like I said, we've talked about it for years. And then to finally see the fruits of our discussions and everything we've been doing coming coming and taking shape is pretty fucking awesome, if you ask me. And that trophy's going to look so goddamn pretty. I agree. Kind of nervous and nerve-wracking, but I know it's all going to work out in the end. Right. Well, some crazy shit goes down when now Drew's doing it. Oh, yeah, I don't think any crazy shit about that. And I think he'll just, he'll be there to help his guys <laughs> through it. Right. Uh, my man was this past weekend. It's always fun when we get everybody together. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we had everybody over Saturday to watch NWA and participate in Friendsgiving. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, they, uh, holidays since COVID hit have been a little stressful and, you know, hard to deal with and all that stuff, but the hell is you wearing? Oh, I just got to go play Fortnite with Mason. Oh, uh, golly, got a Snuggie on. <laughs> She's trying to teach me how to Snuggie. There you go. Yeah, so that's my, my pop is, uh, 
getting the extended family together and celebrating our Thanksgiving, uh, uh, enjoying great wrestling, uh, learning Alex's new nickname. <laughs> Scat Daddy. Scat Daddy. Uh, just, you know, enjoying that. Looking forward to our Thanksgiving Christmas party. Thanksgiving Christmas party. Fuck our Christmas party coming up, which, by the way, uh, we need to try to draw names uh, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, we'll Since see. We'll have everybody there and, you know, just go ahead and get that done. That way it gives everybody a little bit more time. But I'm, I'm thankful for that. And as I said, looking forward to this weekend and to our our Christmas get together. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, who are you pushing? My. <clears throat> My push one, uh, it's stay local. It's, uh, I'm going to go with Zach Malone. I like his gimmick. Creeps me the hell out sometimes. But I'm also looking forward to, you know, this past week on this past RCW show, where you kind of saw Zach and Jason seem to form some kind of a, a mutual agreement of some sort. So I don't know if that's going to lead to a, a team of some sort or if they're just going to be have each other's backs well, here and there. Whichever well, it is, I'm looking forward brothers, to it. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Uh, <coughs> and it got over huge. The minute y'all started hugging, the fans loved it. So I'm in for it. A lot of people do the crazy psycho gimmick, but you believe it with Malone. Exactly. He can pull that shit off good. Yep. What about you, Jason? Who you pushing? Uh, man, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go out of the area. <coughs> NWA uh, wasn't scheduled to be on the card this past weekend. Went down there, had a banger of a match, won his match. Uh, didn't have his second there by his side. She was away, like we said, probably stuck on Bourbon Street. <coughs> but uh, Thrill Billy Silas, man. Bam, Bam Silas. He's fucking, he's killing it. I mean, everything he's, he's been doing size. here recently great, has been. Great size, good in the ring, he's believable. Everything he's been doing here recently has just been fucking banger after banger. I've not seen him, I've not seen him have a bad match. The only thing I don't like about him is his taste in beer. <laughs> hey, Natty Light, you get drunk cheap. Remember? Do what? Which one he have? He had Milwaukee's best. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I call that the beast. Uh. <laughs> well, mine's going to be a little different. It's going to be from this area and away from this area. But every participant in the Drew game tag <laughs> needs to be looked at for the tag team wrestling that these guys produce. Agreed. Tag team wrestling is special to Jason and I. And there's not a, as Ric Flair would say, ladies, there's not a gilding in the bunch. They're all studs. Um, look at the eight teams tomorrow when they're when they're put out there by Rob. To, and just look at it and think of what some of these teams have done. Uh these teams. I mean, I'll just give you a quick heads up. The good old boys. Drew has always said they were the MVPs of any show they're on. Undeniable. They are just that. Jay Marks and Brian Blaze and Matt Higgins are undeniably 
one of the best teams in the nation. Uh, the Youngbloods, uh, different sizes, but they work so well together. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, same concept. Just so many great tag teams. Uh, all these guys can be pushed singly or collectively as a tag team. Yeah, that's who I'm pushing, boys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I guess we will uh, talk to you guys. I guess we'll do it Friday. We'll put our results out probably Friday night if Jason can. <coughs> we'll put the results out before the pay-per-view starts Saturday. Yeah, we'll do... We'll do a little something, something. Maybe uh, when we get over there to pick you up to go to the show Saturday, we'll uh, <coughs> record real quick our uh, picks. Yeah, we're going to do our picks. Good body for Josh wanting to put something on the patrol. Yeah. We'll do that, and then uh, Jason posted when we get to the building, so it'll be there. That'll give you something to listen to on. Saturday, and then we'll come back Sunday with our. We'll go ahead and probably review the pay per view so we don't have to do it on Tuesday. Right. Review the pay per view and announce who is the uh, final Boot Cup champion of 2022. Uh, we'll go over again the new way we're going to do it 2023 as well. I'm closing out the end of this year as the Boot Cup champion. Ain't nobody taking that title from me until at least next year. If then, it's mine. Well, it's AEW, so we'll probably put Will out in the pre-show. Yeah, Will will be gone in the pre-show. We won't have to worry about him anymore. But, uh... Oh, no. Let's, uh, let's go to the sleep factory and then watch it late again on Sunday. I bet Josh loses. <laughs> Didn't lose the last time. That's how I beat you. Oh, uh, you lost. You went up there and was taking naps on the toilet. <coughs> yeah, we called that one. <laughs> but, all right, guys, we'll, uh... We'll be back he with you. He was home more of that pay-per-view than you were the whole week. Do what? He was at home more during that pay-per-view than he was the whole rest of the week. <laughs> <coughs> All right, guys. We'll be back Saturday with our uh, picks for the pay-per-view. Give you some more insight into the Drew Game Tournament this weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Peace out, fuckers.